made the blunder. Matt Lockwood reports. The man got a call from the nurse to say his dad had died and could he come to the hospital. He was taken to view the body on his arrival at the ward. It turned out it was the wrong man and the relative's loved one was still alive. The report into the incident doesn't say which hospital was involved, but health bosses say cases like this are extremely rare and have apologised to the families involved for the mix-up. An accountant from Luton who was told he may never walk again after being shot in the leg says he's glad to be proving doctors wrong with his recovery. Two men are serving life in prison for attacking Atif Ali on his way to work in May 2013. Atif can now walk again and is planning to cycle from Luton to London next month for charity. You can achieve anything you want as long as you believe in it enough to achieve it. And There's a lot of people, millions of people in fact across the world that would rather be in our position than theirs. If you can if you can utilise your time to, to help them out, then why not? Downing Street is reviewing its security after a hoax caller was put through to David Cameron. The government surveillance agency GCHQ is also investigating after a mobile number belonging to the organisation's chief, Robert Hannigan, was given out. Here's Christian Fraser. A hoax caller claiming to be Robert Hannigan managed to get, we presume, past the Downing Street switchboard to a mobile phone that the Prime Minister was using, an official mobile phone. He answered it. There was a brief conversation until he realised it was a hoax call and then he hung up. No sensitive information disclosed. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open tennis for the sixth consecutive year after beating Gregor Dimitrov over four sets. He now faces local favourite Nick Kyrgios tomorrow. And the weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, but turning brighter this afternoon, top temperatures around 5 degrees Celsius. That's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Very delicious indeed. Discussing uh, delicious sausages from around the world. I've never... I'll forget this. Forget that. I've never had um, einen Bratwurst. Is a Bratwurst good? I'd love a Bratwurst. Hey, Kelly Bates, you've just come back from Deutschland. I have. You did it here. No, she went to Prague. And Berlin. Oh, fair enough. Thank you, Catherine. First poning of the day. I was actually Kaboom! just one of Henry VIII's wives. Sorry? I was just naming Henry VIII's wives, Catherine. Say, hang on a minute, what's his name? One of Henry VIII's... Henry VIII's <laughs> Henry VIII's wives. Henry VIII Jr. I'm just speaking slang. So you... Hang on, what, what's Henry VIII's got to do with um, anything? So I said Anne Boleyn, and it sounded like... Anne Boleyn. Second wife, beheaded. Anne Boleyn, yeah, right. Okay, okay, Catherine, you can't claw back a ponership. Once you've been pwned, that's it. Yes, you can, you can bring in historical data. If anything, that makes you sadder. <laughs> Thanks, Scoins. Shut up, Scoins. <laughs> when Scoins... You know things are bad when even Scoins is pwning you. Because, <laughs> I mean, Scoins is... Anyway. I've been pwned in three directions. Did you... Did you steady? Hey, look, it's not even five past six on a Monday, and we're already um, owning all but, over the yes. shop. Did you have um, a, a bratwurst? No. A botwurst? No. A bigwurst? I had no form of sausage. What about a wiener? <laughs> I actually had a wiener. Was it nice? Was it, sati- was it satisfying? No. I'm going to play Morrissey now.
song. I think is it. Uh, yes, it is. Now, a couple of years ago, but by, by the way, good luck trying to find headphones that will work in both ears, Paul. No, no, not at all. It's it's the BBC, of course. Why why would they do that? A couple of years ago, Bedford Borough Council made a big deal about becoming a living wage council, meaning it was going to pay its staff more than the minimum wage. But some care home staff say they've been ignored because they used to work for private company Bupa. They haven't been given the same deal since the increase was brought in in April last year. Well, our political reporter Paul Scoynes has been looking into this one. So, uh, the, the, the living wage, it varies, doesn't it? What is it? Well, it's, it was brought in as, as a sort of concept a few years ago. Uh, it's not a kind of by one political party, but it, it's supported by all of them. But it is a bit more. So, the, the minimum wage at the moment outside of London is £6.15 an hour. Mm-hmm. And the living wage outside London would be at the moment £7.85 an hour. And they say that that is the amount of money that you can comfortably live on without scrimping, you know, too much. Um, And that these are the sort of, I suppose, the amount that you need to live what they say is a a decent life. So the only thing is it's not legally enforceable. So you you can't... claim it. No. Like, it has to be agreed. Not legally enforceable, but Bedford Borough Council did make a big deal, didn't they, about uh, becoming a living wage council? Absolutely. Last year, uh, well, in fact, the year before, in 2013, was when they first muted it, and uh, it came into being across the borough for its staff on the uh, 1st of April last year, uh, and they said it was going to help around 200 workers. Now, it was set at the time at £7.45 an hour. It's a bit lower. I think that was the... Uh, the sort of agreed living wage at the time. Mm-hmm. It has obviously risen now by an extra 40p. Uh, now, Labour, who were part of uh, the leadership of the council, they said it was an important initiative, one that could be greatly welcomed by hard-pressed families. And indeed, they were one of the first councils in the area. Lots of councils have picked this up across the country, uh, but they were one of the first in the area to do it. Milton Keynes has adopted it, and uh, Luton introduced the policy uh, to all of its staff in October. Uh, why aren't these carers uh, being included then? And I'm just going to just come a little bit closer to the microphone because for some reason that microphone's not particularly um, okay. bright. Well, th- they were originally Booper uh, employees. Right. And then the council took over six care homes uh, in the borough. And um, that was on the 31st of March last year. Remember that this uh, living wage policy started on the 1st of April. So you would think... Yes. New day, new job. They're well, covered by technically, it. same job. They'd be covered by the new uh, yeah. wage, but they weren't. And um, uh, that didn't happen at all. So they weren't eligible for the higher wage. And, you know... It doesn't see... If you've explained it like that... Hmm. the, the it doesn't seem particularly fair, does it? What's the council saying? Well, the council says that uh, they were under different conditions, they were under different terms, and it's taken a little bit of time to work it out. Uh, and indeed, some of the workers I've spoken to have said that they felt particularly aggrieved because there were some of the old council staff working for the care homes. And yeah. They were on the higher wage, and I've calculated if they do a 35-hour week, I'll work that out to be around £1,800 a year. That's quite a lot yeah, more yeah. than your colleague. Uh, and of course, they're also not getting some of the other benefits, the pensions and and other things that the council employees are uh, welcome to. Now, we called them on Friday to try and set them up for an interview this morning. They've turned it down. However, late on Friday Mm. afternoon, we got word from the council that there was a change of position, and we got this statement. It says, The council is now writing to all FUMA former Bupa employees to invite them to accept Bedford Borough Council's terms and conditions, including payment of the living wage, effective from the 1st of February this year. Okay. And they then said that they were unable to backdate the pay 
due to our chupi, uh, uh, which are, of course the reg- oh, I won't go into that, but anyway, the regulations of switching jobs over, um, and they won't get the same terms and conditions backdated. So, Sounds like half a decent deal, but still a little bit of a swizz. I think I've spoken to a couple of union people, and they're very pleased that the uh, the wage is coming in. But you know, as I say, this is around eighteen hundred pounds a yeah. year extra that these employees have lost. I, I asked how many employees worked for the care homes. The council wouldn't tell me, but uh, one of the staff, who you'll speak to a bit later on, said he reckons there are at least a hundred, uh, maybe a hundred and fifty. So that's perhaps why they won't backdate it because it's quite a lot of money. Tough. Sounds. Well, it sounds like um, uh, the, the Bedford Borough Council may have uh, made a little gaffe here, to put it politely. Well, I mean, you could argue that they, they, at the time they agreed the living wage policy, they didn't know these care homes were going to be taken over, so they hadn't budgeted it for them, perhaps. But if you're going to be a council that pays your staff the living wage, you've got to pay all your staff the living wage, haven't you? Before we begin, thank you. Thank you on thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not a bad person. I know. I don't drink and I don't kill. I got no evil habits and I probably never will. I don't sing like Elvis Presley. I can't dance like Fred Astaire. But there's one thing in my favor. What? (laughs) I'm a millionaire. That's beautiful. And I got more money. But I'll never be Robert Redford Cause I'm much too fond of beer Please don't misunderstand me It's not love I'm trying to buy It's just I got all this here money And I'm a pretty ugly guy But I got more money I don't mind if you love me for my money If you love me for whatever else I got But accepting all this stuff I'm alone in Fortnite I don't guess I'm doing all that hard But I got more money than a horse has has Cause my rich old uncle died It's like killing a bee with a bazooka. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, there's a lane closed in both directions between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and 4 for High Wycombe. That's after a car crashed through the central barrier yesterday evening. In Stanwell Mall, looking at the M25 Terminal 5 Square Road, callers have reported that there's a queue from Junction 14 for Heathrow to the Western Perimeter Road, so that's heading towards the Heathrow Airport terminals. Also on the North Orbital Road, that's starting to look very busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Bedford, Horn Lane is closed in both directions between St Paul Square and River Street because of emergency repairs going on to a burst water main and on the trains east midland trains have a reduced service in and out of st pancras international because of flooding samantha braff bbc three counties radio we'll have more on the flooding in a bit Six sixteen. it's monday the 26th of january i'm in lee these are your headlines on bbc three counties radio Bedford Borough Council has U-turned over the amount it pays carers after BBC Three Counties Radio revealed they weren't getting the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. And Downing Street is reviewing its security after a hoax caller was put through to David Cameron. BBC Naughty! Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, as you heard uh, in the travel, there's problems with the trains. Disruption if you're heading into London on Thameslink this morning. There's flooding in a tunnel between St Pancras and Farringdon. And that means there's a limited number of trains running to the capital from Bedford. Roger Perkins from Govia can tell us more. Morning, Roger. Good morning. I saw the pictures. It's um, it's quite incredible, isn't it? It is. We've got a video up there too. Um, it's incredibly frustrating for everyone because this water leak happened, as your listeners will probably know, if they were travelling on Friday, it happened on Friday. Um, and we really have hoped that Thames Water might fix it by now. Well, I think they have. In fact, my understanding is they have now fixed it. But there's so much water in the tunnel that we've got to wait for um, Network Rail to get it pumped out so they can then inspect it. Effectively, we've got sheer weight. I mean, the ground is saturated. The pictures are incredible. So th- this was, a, this was a, a, a water pipe leak, was it? And they've just yeah. got to pump it off now? A burst main, yeah, exactly. The initial, the, initial, the initial problem they had was it was also serving a hospital, so they couldn't just switch it off. They had to isolate <laughs> it. I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous, isn't it? What, how is this going to affect people today? What's the situation? Uh, well, what it means is that um, we've, we've got a very much a reduced service running um, in from uh, from Bedford. Uh, we've got a total of four trains an hour running up to and from St Pancras International. We can't run anything between um, St Pancras International and um, uh, and Farringdon. So, um, unfortunately, um, yeah, it means that it's going to be very difficult for people this morning. And uh, have you been given any idea as to how long this will take? Yeah, well, what happens is uh, structural engineers from Network Rail are looking um, at this morning. We'll be looking at the uh, state of the tunnel walls in particular to see because there's a huge, um, there'll be a huge weight oh, of blimey, uh, yeah. groundwater. Yeah. Uh, we know it's at least until the end of t- the day today that we're going to have this issue. Um, I mean, there's a potential that it could go until tomorrow as well. So what I'd urge people to do, please, is check on the website. We've been keeping it updated with the latest information, and we'll pledge to continue to do if that. If I want to look at the website, Roger, what, what, what's the link? 
Yes, it's thameslinkrailway.com and um, it's a massive message on the homepage. Brilliant. Best of luck. Fingers crossed. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can have you on tomorrow and uh, it, it, it will all have been cleared up. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Problems today, aren't you, Kels? Yeah, some bit she just sounds Swedish. No, um, no. Yeah, what does. is what's the king called? Henry VIII. Is that what you're talking about? Well, or, or Henry VIII. <laughs> Henry VIII. I was just being quick. And what's the what's the German sausage called? Brockwurst. What, what did you think it was called? I thought it was spelled with an H. Where? Where? Instead <laughs> of a word, Brock. Brock Hurst. Brockhurst. Brockhurst. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a rather posh house. It's actually a school in Berkshire. 
Berkshire. In where? Berkshire. <laughs> she can't even say the name of the one of the three counties that um, we... S- the what? Uh, she can't even um, say the name of one of the counties that's on the border of the three <laughs> counties that we... Uh... It's been a long week. Leave me alone. She's been speaking Czech all week. That's it's true. Yeah. T- take that phone call. It'll be, probably be Dennis who wants to um, say something inappropriate to you. Now, <laughs> on to more serious things. The West Hearts Hospitals Trust has had to apologise after staff at one of its hospitals told a man his dad had died. When he hadn't. They only realised they made a mistake when he was shown someone else's dad's body. Catherine's got more. How did this blunder come to light? Well, it appeared in a serious incident report which was put before the Trust's board members this month and the report says the man got a call from the nurse to say his dad had died and could he come to the hospital. So he was taken to view the body on his arrival at the ward and it turned out it was the wrong man. Oh, blimey. And his father was still alive. Oh, dear. The report doesn't state which of the Trust's three hospitals uh, it could have been, so it could have been Watford, St Albans City and Hemel Hempstead. Um or when it exactly it took place. Uh, what have the uh, unnamed hospital had to say in response? Well, in a statement, Professor Tracy Carter, who is Chief Nurse at West Hearts Hospitals Trust, said we have offered our sincere apologies to the two families involved in this incident. Our nurse made an extremely rare human error which had a tragic impact on the families of both patients. The staff member was extremely distressed that they made this error. We've reiterated to our staff about the importance of double-checking <laughs> the name of the patient. I'm laughing I because know, I so mean, awful. guys, come on! Double checking the name of the patient before calling relatives and at the point they arrive at the hospital. Um, I guess I'm guessing lessons have been learnt and they've put procedures in place. They've gone one more. Yeah. They've made a flow chart. Oh, flip it. Not to tell them what to do when someone dies. Oh, you're having a laugh. A flowchart's been put on the wall oh. to remind staff what they need to do before breaking bad news oh. to relatives. I hope it's not on the like, notice Goodness board. Goodness me. We did try to get hold of a copy from the Trust, but unsurprisingly, they didn't want to share it with us. Now, remember- if anybody, if anybody um, works at one of these hospitals and has seen this flowchart and wants to send it to us anonymously, uh, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk or take a little snap and tweet a pic, uh, send a, pic- a picture, 81333, start your text. 3CR will comp- keep you completely anonymous. This sounds ridiculous. Well, remember, this is the same trust that last week came up with an action plan uh, that was criticised on the programme to prevent a repeat of what happened to the double stroke patient in his 80s who uh, had to endure filthy conditions. He was sent home in an, a filthy um, hospital gown as well after sitting on someone else's filth on a pressure cushion. So, um, you know, it's, it's not, not great for them. We at 3CR have been speaking to a nurse that doesn't work for the NHS anymore yeah. uh, and he had an interesting reaction to this. Yeah, and you'll be hearing it later on. We'll be talking to David in Leighton Buzzard. He left the NHS in 2010. Um, when we told him about this case, he said he's surprised it doesn't happen more often. Well. He says it's so easy for nurses to make errors like this given all the pressure they're under and the amount of patients they're dealing uh, with at any one Time. If you've seen this flowchart, maybe you're a hospital, you work in the hospital or you're in the management or you've, you've seen it, do send us a copy of it. I'd love to have a flowchart on, what is it, on, uh, to remind staff what they need to do when breaking bad news to relatives. Really? 81333, start your text 3CR or ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. We will keep you anonymous. That sounds incredible.
Just told me the most wonderfully delicious and rude story. I don't think. Have a think. Think during the news and the travel whether there's a way you can rephrase that story for the radio. It's a good story, yeah. and it happened. Yes. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, there's a lane closed in both directions between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and 4 for High Wycombe after an accident yesterday evening. On the M1 southbound Webby just called to say that it's very slow. It's stop-start from Junction 13 to Junction 12. Looking at the speed sensors, it does look quite slow through there, so that might add some time to your journey this morning. On the M25, a call has reported that it's very busy from Junction 14 for Heathrow to the western perimeter roads so that's heading into Heathrow Airport. And on the north orbital road, it's very busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Bedford on Horn Lane, that's been closed for emergency repairs for a burst water main between St. Paul's Square and River Street that's affecting westbound people. And on the trains, East Midlands services are reduced in and out of St. Pancras International because of flooding. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past six, I'm Lee Acknew. The headlines, Bedford Borough Council has U-turned over the amount it pays carers following an investigation by BBC Three Counties Radio. Former Booper carers who became employed by the council last April weren't being paid the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. The mix-up came to light when the man went in to identify the body. A still major disruption on the Thameslink line into London this morning. Flooding in a tunnel between St Pancras and Farringdon means there's a limited number of trains running to the capital from Bedford. And security procedures are being reviewed in all government departments after a hoax caller got through to get David Cameron. They pretended to be the director of GCHQ, but 
Downing Street says no sensitive information was given out. The weather will be cold and wet this morning, but turning brighter this afternoon. Top temperatures around 5 degrees Celsius. That's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsenal, Aston Villa and West Ham all overcame lower league opposition as they booked their places in the last 16 of the FA Cup. Tonight, Rochdale plays Stoke. The Watford manager, Slavisa Djukanovic, claims he said nothing much at half-time against Blackpool on Saturday. The Hornets trailed 2-0 to the bottom club but hit back to win 7-2. not easy to score seven goals in second time and we showed different uh, faces today in the, in the game. We scored seven goals, I... Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson has hailed the impact of his new loan signings after the win over Barnsley. And Robinson highlighted a tweet from senior player Carl Baker to show how the rest of the squad has reacted. For me, it was a very poignant piece. It wasn't provoked by anybody in the football club. So it just shows you the effect it has on a senior player when you bring in two young players like we have done and they automatically like what's happening. Elsewhere, Luton Town drew one all with Cheltenham, Stevenage lost 3-2 at Shrewsbury and Wickham drew one all at Mansfield. In tennis, Andy Murray is through to the quarter-finals of the Australian Open tennis for the sixth consecutive year, beating Gregor Dimitrov over four sets. He now faces local favourite Nick Kyrgios tomorrow. He's dangerous, he's uh, unpredictable. He's uh, entertaining, um, you know, and he, he's, he's a good athlete, moves well, and he's, he's explosive on the court. So he's, uh, yeah, he has a, a lot of things going for him. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport. We've more at seven o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties what's, Radio. What's your beef, girls? You right there, mate? What happened there? You had a bit of a gap, didn't you? I didn't have a gap. Lee had a gap. That Lee? Was, that, Lee? Lee? I had... thought he finished. No. You were still talking. Exactly, he finished. I had to buzz through and say... He, um... he finished too short. Oh, don't. No, I don't mean it like that, Lee. Sorry, mate. It, but he, He's a perfect height for a man. It was... Uh, d- don't even go down there. You've offended Scoins, and now you're offending <laughs> Lee. Um, he he left a gap. What am I supposed to do? Fill it? I'm supposed to fill Lee's gap? Okay. Yeah, actually. I can't fill... I cannot fill Lee's gap every time he opens it. I mean, that is your job, actually. What? Well, he's on again in 25 minutes' time. You fill the gap. Here's an idea. Fill this.
fiction. Alf, weed us some pet. Uh, is, Dealey, is Dealey still with us? As in, he's not been sacked over the weekend, has he, for doing some, some massive indiscretion? I think uh, Hollywood might be calling soon. Have you seen his videos? He's been <laughs> I refuse to watch them. Hollywood or the lawyers? We used to be... Um, get this, Paul. Me and Justin, we had a great future uh, making videos together. Um, over 700,000 views of a video we made. Thanks, guys. Uh, whereas Dog Maps gets all the attention. But I'm not bitter. But he's gone off and gone solo, Paul. Mm. Oh, no, I can't believe he's, he's abandoned ship. He's, he's abandoned, uh, I'm hoping you said ship, yeah, and he's not. Yeah. he won't make films of me anymore, it's all about Dealey. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that says, but, you know, he says he's, he's a, not a team player, is he? He's not a team player. Paul, you've not called in to uh, bitch about one of my colleagues, you've called in to talk about German meat. Yes, can't beat a good bit of German wurst, a bit of German sausage. I've, nev- I've never had one. What's so good well, about them? Well, you know, in this country, if you have a look on the sausage shelf, there's probably be about ten different types of sausage. Yeah. You know, you get your Lincolnshire, your Cumberland, your yeah. pork and apple, and Ooh. whatever. Yeah. Don't forget your chipolata. Uh, well, Leave yeah, there's them as well. Yes. Yeah. Over there, they've probably got about a thousand different types of sausages. 
Yeah. You would not believe the amount of sausages they have there but on the, choice. Just because they've got a lot of choice, it doesn't mean that they're good sausages, does it? Ah, well, I was brought up on them, and I'm a big strapping lad, and I... <laughs> what's, you can't go wrong with them. What's, what, what's the one I should go for? Uh, well, if all, in all honesty, mate, I would say try them all, because they all have a unique flavour. Yeah. They all come in all different size, shapes and sizes. Yeah, we're still talking about sausages. And, well, we are talking about sausages, and yeah. they're some of them amongst the biggest sausages in the world. I really fancy a sausage. <laughs> Ka- uh, Catherine, you're a fan of uh, the German sausage. Don't mind one, no. Okay. I don't mind one. I don't crave them. I don't mind Sorry. a frankfurter. <laughs> frankfurter doesn't count as a sausage. Oh, it does. No. It does. Do you know yeah. what I like to make? A uh, kartoffel zuppen. Oh, kartoffel. Oh, potato salad. Potato, potato soup. Onions. Oh, super. Yeah. yeah Sorry, super. I thought you said salad. No. Look at Paul throwing in the odd German word so it makes it sound like he can speak German. Das ist nicht gut. Well, yeah, me is auch gut. Have you... Hast du... Paul, Paul, hast du Geschwister? Yeah, I have a sister. I have a younger brother and sister. Yeah, how do you call him? I'm Paul, and you? Entschuldigung, please. How do you call him? He's properly German. He is properly German. You didn't answer any of his questions. No, I refuse, I refuse to answer any questions <laughs> asked me in the German language. Now, <laughs> we should probably have a look at the newspapers. Hmm. Oh no! Oh, yeah, we, we, we've got the we've got the um, hospital death flow chart. We have, although this is an outdated one, but it might go something like this. We, the, Paul Scorn's got this. This is this is from 2011. Uh, uh, an information uh, leaflet: guidelines for the communication of significant news with patients and their families, December 2011. Now listen away now. Review date 2013. Actually, there we go. So listen away now if you um, thought that they were being sincere with you, because this is about to get. This is about to get strategic. Yeah. You'll realise. You know, like when you buy a kitchen and they do that thing where they say, I'm just going to ring the office because I think I can get you a better deal. It's all part of the thing. There's 11 steps to breaking bad news. Here comes the spiel. Step one. Do I have the facts? Well, you would hope so. And they didn't have the facts in this case. Have they got the right person? Ensure privacy and set the scene. Find out whom the patient wants present. Ensure a nurse is in attendance. Step two. What does a patient know? How would they ascertain that? They ask. What what, what, What do you know? What do you understand so do, far? Do you know how serious this is? You don't? Okay. We're about to tell you. Is more information wanted? That's step three. My favourite step. So step four, give a warning shot. I'm afraid the results are not good. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. I'm afraid things are worse than we expected. And then you wait for allowing denial. It must be very hard to accept this. I'm dying. Step six is uh, giving uh, information given. Give information in small chunks and check out the understand. Hey, hang on a second. This is the information... This is what they did when they did, kind of told me but didn't tell me my dad was dying. Yeah. Oh, this is... They were... Go- the nice doctor the was going through the, the steps. OK, so you listen to the concern, so you allow them time, and then oh. step eight, encourage ventilation of feelings. How are you feeling now? I was really upset. Number nine, summarise and plan. Number ten, offer further discussion. Step eleven, communicate with the team. Oh, the nice doctor when he sort of was... The thing is, he wasn't telling me my dad was dying. He was in a hospice and he was obviously dying. But he wouldn't say, your dad's dying. So I had to kind of fish around. He would say things like, I'm afraid it's more serious than we thought. Yeah. And so I had to say, right, is he dying? How long have we got? It's because that's not on the chart. (sighs) Justin Dealey. That's not on the chart. Uh, internet sensation. A friend of mine was given some bad news in a rather less um, flowcharty way. Justin, go and check out dog maps for me, please, mate. 
Thank you, mate. They didn't abide by the flowchart with my mate. Did they not? What she they um, had had some um, irregular test results. Yeah. And, you know, for ladies' things. And um, she... They said, right, well, uh, we'll have another go, and uh, if that comes back irregular, well, you know what that means, don't you? Sorry? Uh, what? Yeah, probably cancer. Anyway, I'll see you in about two whoa, weeks. Whoa! That is exactly how it was, was done. Was it a doctor that said that, it or a nurse? Because the doctors are normally the worst. My wife is uh, has a real phobia of needles. She's not a little bit uncomfortable. She faints if she sees a needle. And, hey, guess what? When you're pregnant, you have to have blood taken and stuff. And it's really traumatic, and it... A few times we went and they couldn't do it because she got so upset and she faints. And and the nurses generally were really... There are a couple of nurses that are a little bit idiotic, but most of the nurses were really good and really sensitive. You take your time, you don't, we'll do this, come back. You know. Then we went to the doctor and the doctor said, it says on your record, you're allergic to needles. And he got a needle and he's waving it in her face. Going, Why do, what bothers you about this? Why does this... Wow. She was getting really upset and was going to throw up. And I'd say, right, Doc, can we, right, can you stop that? And we're going to step outside for five minutes and then we'll come back and we'll try this again, shall we? It was incredible. Doctors uh, uh, are, um, let's just say it, the most insensitive people in the world. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and 4 for High Wycombe because of an accident yesterday evening. On the M1 southbound, Webby called to say that it stopped start between Junction 13 for Milton Keynes South and 11 for Dunstable Road. And looking at the speed sensors on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to look very busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. On the A1 southbound past Boreham Wood, that's starting to look very slow from the Holiday Inn to Barnet Lane at the Stirling Corner. And in Bedford on Hall Lane, that's closed westbound between between St Paul's Square and River Street for emergency repairs to a burst water main. On the trains, East Midland Trains and Thameslink services into St Pancras and Smash National this morning are uh, having a reduced service because of the lines flooded at Farringdon. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, you call him a schmuck. 6.46, it's Monday the 26th of January, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Borough Council has U-turned over the amount it pays carers after BBC Three Counties revealed they weren't getting the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. And 50,000 litres of water from a burst main is still disrupting trains into London on the Thameslink line this morning. Let's get the weather, here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a reasonably mild start across all three counties. Temperatures 8 or 9 Celsius. Compared to this time last week, it is quite a stark contrast. Uh, but we have got a lot of cloud around and some rain as well. We've got outbreaks of rain this morning. But this murk and this cloud is a cold front. It's moving south and eastwards. By mid-morning onwards, really, we'll start to see the sunshine. But the air within that or behind this cold front is much colder. So it's gradually going to get a bit colder through the end of the day, despite the amount of sunshine. So the maximum temperature probably getting up to around 10, 11 but then it will get colder through the afternoon staying dry overnight but with some clear spells, certainly less cloud than we've had to not all the night we've just had and that's going to lead to the temperature dropping that little bit further we could see a patchy frost first thing tomorrow morning the minimum temperature down to around zero out in the countryside probably hovering just above in towns and cities so a chilly fresh start to Tuesday with some sunshine but the cloud will increase tomorrow afternoon maximum temperature 9 Celsius and that's your forecast If you're non-stop...
from the moment you start. Glad someone is. Hey, Just. Hey, good morning, Boshy World. The B-52s are still rocking and a-rolling. But they did this dreadful song. Somebody requested a track on New Year's Day. Kelly would know the name of the song. You're not going to say Rock Lobster. Don't say Rock Lobster. Yes, I think it was that one. Rock Lobster's boss. Goodbye, Justin. (laughs) 
in the papers, Kath. It's the, the paper review section of the show, Justin. We've mm. not looked at the papers once. Dog map? No, we've got uh, <laughs> Hoax map. Caller and Weird Man on Train. What do you fancy first? Um, let's do the Weird Man on the Train. OK. I think if you do travel by train... This is weird. It's weird things happen all the Get time. Get this, Justin. This is, have, you, have you heard this story about the, the pervert, on, uh, the Weird Man on the Train? No, have I haven't. Listen no. to this. Listen to this, right. This is uh, page 14 in the mirror, but it's all over the shop this morning. Uh, a mum wants to find a stranger on a train who gave her a fiver and said she's a credit to her generation. Mm. She was given a note, Sammy Welch, 23, given a note with the money after moving her sleeping son, Rylan, three, from his seat to let another passenger sit down. That's all she did. It wasn't like she was, you know, giving him a uh, lesson in keeping his himself to himself or keeping him quiet or anything like that. He was fast asleep. She just moved it. She moved a sleeping baby. I can't think of anything crueler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she got this note from another passenger signed, man on train at table with glasses and hats. Oh, he oh like a spy. yeah, we know those kind of guys. It read, yeah. have a drink on me. You're a credit to your generation. Oh, Polite. he's encouraging her to buy booze. Polite and teaching good manners. I have a daughter your age. Hope when she has children. She's as good a mother as you. Wow. That is creepy, isn't it, Kels? You're pulling a confused face. No, I know it's I think you're... that's sweet. Why? It's nice when people do nice things for no reason. Have you seen the handwriting on the note? Because that is the writing of a it's all lunatic. Capitals. Yeah. Oh, hang on. No, I, I write all in capitals. Yeah. That's not the thing. I don't think you can judge someone on their handwriting. Yeah, of course oh, you, you can. can. Have you seen mine? I can yes. Judge, I can judge someone on anything. It's tiny and irritating <laughs> and unreadable. But cute. Thanks. Uh, has a bad taste in music. Oh. And is blonde. Wow. Mm. You see what I'm doing here, Just? Oh, Not exactly about the writing you're anymore. Your handwriting is butters. Oh, thank you, you're mate. Welcome, That's so mate. You you're see? Welcome. So there's that one, She's Justin. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yep. there's this one, which is, ah, uh, wow. A major security review was underway last night mm-hmm. after a hoax caller mm-hmm. blagged a spy chief's mobile number and gave David Cameron a call. Yay! I mean, a major security <laughs> review. Hey, we Step just, one, check it's him. We just made the noise that um, you make in restaurants when a waiter drops a tray. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey. The audacious caller was able to briefly chat with Mr Cameron on Sunday afternoon after posing <laughs> as GCHQ spy boss Robert Hannigan. Get this, though. Bungling officials at the Cheltenham-based spy agency had previously handed out Mr Hannigan's mobile phone number to the con artist. He just rang up and asked for it. Let's just say that fella um, will be found uh, tied up in a suitcase, dumped in a wood somewhere. <laughs> he's going to be... He's gonna be dead, that fella. Big trouble. You don't mess with those guys, do you? You don't mess with Big Dave, no. Um, the chat was described as quite brief. C- can I just do two things? Go on. Mm. First, the page. Well, it depends what they are. <laughs> All right, I'll just do one thing. Page one of the Daily Telegraph, right? There's a story about how they're going to have to make bigger cars because they're all getting fatter. Mm. Right? Spare tyre on board, cars must be made bigger for fat drivers, right? Mm. That's not what I'm interested in, okay? But there's, there's, see if you can spot the bit that I'm interested in. You will, because I'll go, aha, right after it, okay? Um. Cars of the future will have to be bigger because drivers are getting fatter, a senior Ford executive has predicted. The obesity epidemic means vehicles will also have to be able to deal with people's slower reactions, said Cheryl Connolly, a futurologist. Aha! That bit. Yes! That's a job? A futurologist? A great oh, yeah, vibe. They, they kind of predict trends, don't they? They pr- predict this and this the thing, and these! The thing, I, the thing I thought was interesting was this assumption that if you're fat, you've got slower reactions. What, well, it they, has to go through your belly to get to your brain. 
Future, uh, listen, today we're going to play Futurology. If you want to be a Futurologist, 08459 455 555. Give us your predictions for the future. Well, I can do that. Go on. I can do that. Oh, because you've I, got the... No, I've got special powers. Yes. I'll tell you what, then. I'll tell you what I'll do. Yeah. I, I will bring in a letter which I wrote to the previous management of the radio station. Oh. I told them this would happen 12 months down the line. Yeah. Word for word, when you read the letter, it's creepy. Every single thing happened. Bring it in. And the dates were absolutely spot on. I, my son, am a futurologist. Did you predict that you'd be walking hand in hand in the street with a man? Uh, I didn't predict that. No, I didn't predict that. Oh, we that. all predicted that. No. And here we go. Listen, I just want to say... That can't we, have, shouldn't we be forgiving Anthony Worrell Thompson by now? I think he started it, hasn't he? Well, he's... The thing is, right... Um, I don't know how long ago... He was caught shoplifting. I don't know how long ago he was caught shoplifting. But there have been people that have done much, much worse things than him. I'm talking mm. of a sexy, druggy nature. Yeah. That we've welcomed back on our screens with open arms. Anthony Worrell Thompson gets done for nicking 78 quid's worth of stuff from Waitrose. And he's banished. Now, I wasn't a particularly big Worrell Thompson fan. I thought he was a, a weird little, you know, hobbit. But yeah, he was popular. He looks, he looks like Peter Andre. What are you talking he, about? he was popular, but I just think... Can we, some guy, someone give Worrell Thompson a decent job? He's done, you know, it was a long time. £70.68 worth of items he nicked. He was roundly shamed about it. He's considered committing suicide. We have a cooking programme. Here is my suggestion to Nick Cother. Yeah. Get him on the programme as a guest. Get the was on. Done. Was a tozzer. Yeah. What? Was a tozzer. Just be so careful. Mm. I mean, really. Everyone calls him that, don't they? No, mate, they don't. That was so close. Said with love. Really, really close. Uh, What we're going to send Justin out on, it's great having bants with him, but I want to do some work this morning. Um... Uh, I tell you what we got here. We've got the mum on the train, Worrell Thompson, Marmite Easter Egg, Lonely Elderly People, a page on Snowdrops, Cameron Hoax, Quiet Rugby, um, a, 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 ru- a rubbish ghost pick, I can say. <laughs> <laughs> when, have stra- when have strangers done something weird to you? Or nice? Mm-hmm. You're obsessed with niceness. Random acts of weirdness. Of weirdness. What about? Random acts what about? of weirdness. Yes. Yeah. Cows, what about? We're so good together, you I know. know. Oh, we don't need these other two. When is Shaggy coming back? Yes, Justin. If you could hoax call anybody, yeah. who would it be and why? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much Come indeed. Uh, that is actually really? really good. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Okay, it's a like, good one. If you like that kind of it's thing. It's better than um, uh, random acts of weirdness. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Next we'll be getting a teenager on who says he wants um, free bus travel to be extended to 18-year-olds. Ow, don't do that. See you later, Just. Cheers, boss. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, there's a lane closed in both directions between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 3 for Loudwater after an accident. And queues are starting to build up on the London-bound M40. On the M1 southbound, it's stop-start between Junction 13 for Milton Keynes and 11 for Dunstable Road. And the A1M southbound is also looking very slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the A1 southbound, it's starting to look very heavy around the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout with the roadworks there. But in Bedford, on Horn Lane, that's easing off now after it's reopened between uh, St. Paul Square and the River Street with the burst water mains work completed. On the trains, East Midlands trains and Thameslink services have reduced service today between uh, to St Pancras International because of flooding on the line at Farringdon. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Scott has tweeted me, uh, that picture you took, Kelly, the black and white picture on Twitter, he zoomed in really close to Catherine and then put a picture of her next to Dennis Wise and his new haircut. Very, very similar. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, carers in Bedford win U-turn over wages, major disruption on the Thames Line, and a Hertfordshire man's wrongly told his father has died. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Borough Council's U-turned over the amount it pays carers following an investigation by BBC Three Counties Radio. Former Booper carers who became employed by the council last April weren't being paid the living wage. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, reports. Six care homes transferred to the council from Booper in April with staff thinking they should be paid the living wage, which Bedford Council introduced to all of its staff on the same day. It would have meant the council paying over a pound an hour more to the new employees. The council told BBC Three Counties that those staff were under different terms, but that it would pay the higher rate from February this year. It just won't backdate their pay from last year. The still major disruption on the Thames incline into London this morning. Flooding between St Pancras and Farringdon means there's a limited number of trains running to the capital from Bedford. Roger Perkins from Govia says 50,000 litres from a burst water main has poured into a tunnel since Friday. But there's so much water in the tunnel that we've got to wait for um, network rail to get it pumped out so they can then inspect it. We've got a very much a reduced service running So, um, unfortunately, um, yeah, it means that it's going to be very difficult for people this morning. Health officials in Hertfordshire have apologised to a man who was told his father had died when he hadn't. A nurse working for the West Hearts NHS Trust made the blunder. Matt Lockwood reports. The man got a call from the nurse to say his dad had died and could he come to the hospital. He was taken to view the body on his arrival at the ward. It turned out it was the wrong man and the relative's loved one was still alive. The report into the incident doesn't say which hospital was involved but health bosses say cases like this are extremely rare and have apologised to the families involved for the mix-up. Security procedures are being reviewed in all government departments after a hoax caller got through to David Cameron. They pretended to be the director of GCHQ, but Downing Street says no sensitive information was given out. An accountant from Luton who was shot in the leg and told he may never walk again is planning a charity bike ride. Two men are serving life in prison for attacking Atif Ali on his way to work in May 2013. He's now raising money to build orphanages in Pakistan and Gaza, but he admits getting to this stage hasn't been easy. There were times where things got very, very difficult and very, very low. It's been the most difficult period of my life without that, and I want to wish it upon anyone else. I have doctors telling me that don't be surprised if you're still bedbound and not being able to, to move. To them people, I'll tell look of you now, to be honest. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open tennis for the sixth consecutive year, beating Gregor Dimitrov over four sets. He now faces local favourite Nick Kyrgios tomorrow. And the weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, but turning brighter this afternoon. Top temperatures around 5 degrees Celsius. That's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio The Wrong Wage The Wrong Dad And Dealey's a Wrong'un Catherine is there Morning Catherine Yeah Did you see what I meant? No, not yet Hang on uh, Go and have a look Kelly Betts is back Good morning Guten Morgen Wow You just speaking the foreign You've been away a week Learning a language Do you guys do? Ah mm? Okay if you want to take part in this laugh riot, then the Giggle Factory is open for business. 08459 455 555.
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Great. You may have noticed that BBC Three Counties Radio, we're really starting to get involved in our kind of video production. And um, uh, Justin, by the way, go to, if you go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR, Justin's videos are, um, um, well, they're, I think unique is the word. Unique is the word. They're thoroughly entertaining, and um, boy, oh boy, he's a good looking guy. Uh, but other presenters have put up videos, and we, we're kind of watching. I know Mike Naylor did one the other week, and we're, we're just watching Nestor's uh, from, the, uh, from the weekend where he's having a little dance. I think the comments say it all, don't they? Have you yep. seen the two comments? It's wow and hey, hey. I would just suggest if you're going to do something like that, probably best not to wear tracksuit trousers. That's all I'm going to say. But it's still a great video. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, a couple of years ago, Bedford Borough Council took great pleasure in announcing it was becoming a living wage employer. In other words, its staff will be getting a little bit more than the minimum wage. But some care home staff say they've been ignored because they used to work for private company Booper. They haven't been given the same deal since the increase was brought in in April last year. Well, one carer who we're calling John is one of those affected and joins us now. Good morning, John. Good morning. Um, so you were, you, you were one of these, you are one of these carers. Uh, let's tr- try and get this right because it's a little bit complicated. This was, the living wage was brought into Bedford on the 1st of April last year, 2014. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And you became employee, uh, employees of uh, Bedford Council on the 31st of March. Yes. Uh, so I guess you expected to get that living wage then? Well, we didn't know about it because no one had mentioned it to us. Right. And we were told that we c- we'd have to carry on on the same contract as we had with Bupa. Okay. So when did you find out about that the, the other people employed by uh, the council were getting more than you? Um, there was an article in the Bedfordshire on Sunday yeah. about uh, late last year, and that was the first we knew about it, because someone um, had wrote a letter to the paper just pointing out the difference. But nobody had told us. That must have been quite a shock. What, 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 you know, what was kind of said around uh, in, in the kitchen at work the next day? Well, everybody was shocked because yeah. when we realised that we should have had the pay from the 1st of April, it just struck us as not very fair, if, if that's a polite way to put it. What are you, can I ask, what, what are you on at the moment? £6.50, the minimum wage. OK, so that's the minimum wage. The, uh, the, 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 the living wage is it, it's 7 dollars something like that. How much uh, of a difference would that make to your life, John? It would make quite a lot because um, most of us have to work overtime. Well, uh, speaking personally, I have to work at least 15 hours a week overtime to get a, a reasonable wage to come home because you have bills to pay and etc. you know. Now, since um, uh, Three Counties Radio got in touch with Bedford Borough Council on Friday, they came back Friday afternoon, evening, and said that you and your colleagues, you will be getting uh, the, the living wage uh, effective from the 1st of February. Um. Yes, so so I believe. We haven't had anything official. OK, well, this, this, is, this is the statement. Let me read you the statement. The council is now writing to all former Bupa employees to invite them to accept Bedford Borough Council terms and conditions, including payment of the living wage supplement effective from the 1st of February. If that is the case, and I have no reason to doubt it, 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 it are you happy with that? 
Well, yes, as a pay rise, we are happy. But what is more important is we believe that it should be backdated. Mm. We should get it back to the 1st of April like everyone else in Bedford Borough. And but, uh, let me, if I just finish the rest of the statement, it says, uh, due to the nature of the tube regulations, we are unable to backdate the transfer onto our terms and conditions. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's personally just a smokescreen, because I don't know if you read the article yesterday in Bedford Borough, yeah. uh, and one councillor reckons we should, we, it will go down well, we should be well received. Well, I don't think it will be, because we need the back pay as well. And I don't understand why, you know, they obviously, it would appear that they are admitting that they have made a mistake and that's why they're going to give you the living wage. And I don't understand why they can't backdate it. Well, they bring up the tube regulations, but personally, I don't think, I just don't think they want to do it. (laughs) It's as simple as that, because it will cost them a lot of money, won't it? Mm. You know, but the only, I have to say, the only organisation that has helped us is the union I'm a member of, the GMB. Mm. They're, they're fighting to get us the back pay, but I've personally been told that there's no chance in hell of people getting that. Uh, you, you say the union are involved. Do you, do you think that there could possibly be some form of industrial action to, to protest well, this? I don't know. I'm only a member. Right. But okay. at least they're fighting for us to get it backdated. John, uh, listen, I wish you the best of luck. We'll keep following this story. I appreciate your time. Uh, this morning, joined now by Rhys Moore, director of the Living Wage Foundation, the body which has promoted the idea of a living wage. Good morning, Rhys. Morning, Ian. Um, sounds disappointing, doesn't it? I, I know the living wage isn't legally enforceable, but for, for Bedford Borough Council to say they are becoming a living wage council and then to exclude uh, a, a mem- certain members of their, their staff, their team, doesn't sound great, does it? No, it doesn't. It's a, it's a shame, really. I mean, what I should start by saying that the Bedford Borough Council is not formally accredited with, uh, with the foundation. So we work with over a thousand employers right. across the country who formally sign up to become living wage employers. A part of that signing up means they commit to ensure that anybody who works for them, and that includes people like John who are working for third parties or for subcontractors, that everybody gets uh, the living wage. Now, it sounds to me as though uh, Bedford Council here have, have tried, probably tried to do the right thing. They've, they've introduced it for the directly employed staff, but for some reason there's been this uh, issue with, with some care home workers. And we know that this is quite often a problem um, in the, in the care, care sector. Low pay is endemic in that bit of the, uh, bit of the work, uh, workforce, very low-paid work, often uh, minimum wage jobs. For some of the most difficult work that there is going, really hard physical work, emotional work, and yet we just don't seem to value it. It's uh, the difference between the living wa- uh, minimum wage and the living wage. It's a little over a quid, which may not sound like a lot, but we heard there from John that, that it, w- it would have a significant impact on his life. Yeah, we know it, it, it makes a big difference. So the current hourly rate of the living wage is £7.00. 85p an hour so it's just over a pound an hour more than the minimum wage and the the idea is that that little bit extra allows people to make sure that they they're eating healthily that they can heat their their home it really does make a big difference over the course of a year so we'd encourage if there are employers out there listening who are currently paying the minimum wage we encourage them to look at this and think about signing up 
Bedford Borough Council, they, they, they've kind of the, the capitulated slightly and said that they will pay the, min, uh, the living wage, sorry, to these workers from 1st of February, but they won't backdate it to April. That sounds a little bit um, unfair. Yeah, look, I, I don't know the details of, of, yeah. of the case, but I completely understand that, you know, if, if you're in John's position and you've, you've pointed out that there seems to be a... a here and people aren't aren't getting it that there's a very good argument to say that that should be backdated uh and reese just going back to the fact that you're not working with bedford borough council but you are working with other with other companies do, do you kind of give them a badge of uh, authentication or, or, or accreditation is that how it works yeah that's that's exactly it so it's you know it's something like imagine the fair trade movement which yeah is fair trade badge and that, and that marks people out you know this is you know good good chocolate and the workers being looked after well it's the same thing with the living wage campaign so we have a badge that you can find on all sorts of places now so on the high street people like nationwide uh, are signed up barclays bank uh, nestle signed up last year uh, and all of those employers will have the living wage mark on them so if you care about this sort of thing yeah uh, and if you you know if you're a shopper or if you bank places or if you if you if you if you're buying your coffee look out for the living wage badge because you can spend your money with with employers who uh, are to, and it's odd that Bedford Borough Council or anywhere that's trying to do this wouldn't seek that accreditation because how cool would that look you know on the website outside the town hall you know we are a living wage council we've got full accreditation that would, would give them a, a, a little bit more kudos wouldn't it well we fully encourage Bedford Council to do that if they're, if they're interested it sounds like they're on the on the way to being able to do it as well yeah Reese, listen, it's good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Reese Moore, director of the Living Wage Foundation. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. So there's, um, uh, I always like my ghost pictures. I like Ev. I yeah. like Ev. Have you seen the ghost pic in um, the mirror? No. Is there a picture reportedly of a ghost in the mirror? There's a picture reported of a ghost. It's so um, rubbish. Yep. I couldn't work it out. I had one too many spirits down the pub. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Chalky. Here we go. Ghost pic at, at inn outside Henry Eight Place. Oh. You know him? I do, yeah. Look very closely and you can see that this pub is a favourite haunt of at least one regular. Uh. For in the top right corner of the grainy image, a tall ghostly figure is pictured lingering in the background of a happy family snap. Show me. The ghostly figure of what looks like an eight-foot-tall woman in a coat lurks in the family's photo. Well, they're suggesting what we're going to see now. Right? So today is what you're looking at. Or a coat on a coat hanger. Yeah. Someone's hung their coat up. Seriously. Someone's hung their coat. <laughs> an eight-foot woman in a pub? Not allowed, everyone knows that. This is the... Honestly, the papers... The, obviously, nothing has happened. No one wants to touch Leon Britton. There you go. Uh, when I was on Sky yesterday, I said, can we talk about Leon Britton? We'd rather you didn't. I, I'd like to. No, we don't want you to. Conspiracy? Uh, so, no one's... Bless you. So, no one's talking about that. <coughs> There's not much else going on. So, one of the papers... Where is it? The Mail has got a double-page spread on snowdrops. On snowdrops, the flower. Fair play, they are an interesting flower. Oh no, they're not. They're like one of the dullest flowers. They're the dull, let's do, dull flowers, right? Next stop, daisies. Snowdrops. No, I'm not having daisies, mate. Snowdrops, bluebells, daffodils. The three dullest flowers. Oh no, no. do you know the one I really hate? Yeah, go on. And if someone gives them to me, I get enraged. Oh. Carnations. 
But we are a car nation. We are a car nation. Tacky, dry <laughs> 70s flowers. Okay. Aren't they horrible, though? And they smell horrible. What's your um, the top three, bottom three uh, boring flowers, Kels? Don't, don't care. Sorry? I just don't care. No. Hey, we should have a Three Counties uh, magazine, newspaper. Why? Is it a newspaper or a magazine? Newspaper. You see already it's confusing. We get the listeners to ring in with their articles oh, so we put it all compiled. Oh, you know what they come up with? Newspaper-like yeah. fashion. Kels, you know you had loads of ideas when you were away. No. Keep them to yourself, mate. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 towards London, there's a lane... Clo- well, in, on the M40 in both directions, there's a lane closed in both directions between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 3 for Loudwater, but that's starting to cause queues from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church towards London. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors from Junction 14 for Milton Keynes to 13 for Bedford. And the A1 southbound's very slow from the St. Neots Junction to the Black Cat roundabout. In Bedford, on Horn Lane, that's reopened after the problems between St. Paul's Square and River Street. And on the trains, Thameslink service between Farringdon and King's Cross International are suspended because of flooding on the line and as a result East Midlands trains are running a reduced service as well and National Rail have let us know that their real-time information isn't working this morning so that means that live departure information and all apps people would normally use to check train times won't be working. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. 717 or thereabouts. It's Monday the 26th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Borough Council has U-turned over the amount it pays carers after BBC Three Counties revealed they weren't getting the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who has wrongly told his father had died. And 50,000 litres of water from a burst main is still disrupting trains on the Thameslink this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. Monday Night Sport is a sports programme unlike any other. One thing about Monday Night Sport is it's not all about football. Croquet. Basketball. Boxing. Bowls. Oh, you've done me there. Yeah. Do another one quick. Tennis. Think. Tennis. The one where we were on water on skis. Wakeboarding. Wakeboarding, that's it. Wakeboarding. So, it's all these stories, it's all these people, it's not just the sport itself, it's the story behind the individual who's taking part in that sport. You've been far too serious. I am, there. I am. I mean, we make it a laugh, we make it enjoyable, and people who listen probably wouldn't ever listen to sport in their life. But they would probably listen to Monday Night Sport. We are like... We're not like Gary Lineker and Alan Hampson. No, we're not like that. You can't win airs with kids. I've got a touch of class about me, and then you just sort of pose around, sometimes coming up with the goods every now and again. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Yeah. What's your beef? Have you seen that new advert for about choking babies? Oh, where the jelly baby goes blue. No, I've not seen that. That's They're advertising weird. choking babies. Dr. Hillary Jones is just demonstrating on a uh, baby doll what you should do. Um, but yeah, it's a really weird advert. Turn them yeah. upside down, don't you? Yeah, but shake them. Y- you no, you put them on your knee and you sort of bash their backs, and then if that doesn't work, you flip them over and uh, give them chest compression. Apparently, mm. don't okay. follow that advice. There's probably more to it than that. You don't dangle them from the window. Jackson Styley. Remember when he did that? Wasn't yeah. that the real crazy thing? Yeah. What the I, one crazy thing he ever did. I missed that nut job. Yeah, he was great. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, he was he was a bit overrated. Three good songs. Uh, he should have stopped, I reckon. Three good albums. No, he should have stopped at Thriller. No, he shouldn't have done. He should have done the black and white song is good. No, it's rubbish. Yeah, it's no mate. No, that's good. That's a I good mean, song. I mean I agree with the sentiment, yeah. of course, but I thought it was rubbish. No, it's a good song. Good video, good song. Yeah. Video is good. Yay. First time we'd seen morphing on television. Mm. 
So I could sing about my baby. It don't matter if you're black or white. And then he changed that was great bands, guys. Thanks. Same time next week? Um... Okay. Now, health bosses at the West Hearts... Uh, uh, the West Hearts have apologised to a man who was told his dad had died when, in fact, he hadn't died. The blunder was made by a nurse and it came to light after he was taken to see the body on his arrival at the hospital. Now, we don't know which one of the trust's hospitals was involved in the mix-up. They won't say. But families are being reassured that cases like this are extremely rare. Well, David is in Leighton Buzzard, is a nurse that used to work for the NHS. Morning, David. Morning. What's your reaction to this? Is it is it rare? It, it is rare, but I'm, I'm not surprised it happens. It's a fairly easy mistake to make. Um, if you've got a lot of patients, which most of the trusts do, um, you don't necessarily see the patients during your shift always. And if it's halfway between two shifts that someone arrests or passes away... Um, it's an easy error to make because you're just grabbing a folder and yeah. bringing the person. Isn't there, but it, I, they've got name tags on, haven't they? Doesn't everyone wear a, a bracelet in hospital? Does that still happen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 totally. But when you're uh, uh, in, in the local hospitals here, you, you have a large number of patients, between 8 to 12 patients. Yeah. So you don't know exactly who they are. You just see them for a few seconds uh, on an average shift. Um, I've worked in another uh, in Australia, and they have one to four. And I knew exactly who all my patients were, exactly what they were with, what problems they were with, and exactly who they were. And it never would have occurred there as much because, you know, you've got four people to remember. Trying to remember 12 people is a lot harder. Yeah, of course. Have uh, you ever had it, to... It, sorry, Dave, have you ever had to break the news to someone that uh, a, a relative has passed away? Yes, and on occasion, one occasion I did grab the wrong folder, but I realised it was the wrong folder when I looked at the age. Um, so it, I, I didn't go through ringing anyone, luckily. Wow. But, you, but, but it, it, it was a potential. What? I, I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like, breaking that news to someone. It must be awful. How do you cope with it? Um, you cope with it fine. I think the, the uncomfortableness, it comes from the, the reality of you don't have enough time to actually talk to people, mm. which is actually the thing. Um, uh, I, I, I actually don't work in the profession as much as I used to. I only work one day a month now because I felt so much guilt about my job and how we deliver care, which is poor in this country to an extreme level um, in this country. I actually left the job because I felt guilt about what I was doing. But why Why is it poor? Is it money? Is it facilities? Is it attitude from the we, staff? It, we've got this attitude that really we don't care about nurses, we don't care about carers. What we care about is ourselves. And unless it impacts on me, um, like your previous story, no one really cares if those people get their minimum wage. In reality, um, if you don't like it, we'll get another set of workers in to replace you. Um, the fact that the, the, the council are so insultive to offer not back to that day the money, remembering legally that they probably, if you wanted to be technical, that if they don't make that commitment to their contractors, mm. it should be for all. But because these workers are poor, the same in nursing. They don't really care because they're replaceable with their cheap labour in the, in the view of 
David, one final question, because your line's breaking up a little bit. But the, the, a flowchart has been uh, posted up um, in, uh, on the ward where this uh, incident happened to prevent other relatives from being misinformed. I think I have that. I, I have a flowchart uh, in front of me, the significant news flowchart, and it's got 11 steps on breaking bad news. Is that really necessary? It, it, it's not, because the fact is, if you've got 12 people, you don't know the right name. Even though I, uh, I use your flowchart, I haven't got a picture of the person. Yeah. I don't know what they look like in the first place. And that shows me that the management team are, are obviously not the brightest on occasion, because they wouldn't have worked out that it's impossible to identify someone by the signifiers, in other words, their date of birth of name, because... You can't assume someone's name by how they look. You have to check the person and go through the whole process. But where I think it's a little bit worrying is I would be asking the question of how many people was that nurse looking after, one? And two, was it their patient? Because I've done it before where I've been asked to ring up um, a relative that I've never met before and a patient that I've never even looked after. Because the other nurse may not may not have the experience to deal with it. David, really interesting talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. That's David and Leighton Buzzard, a nurse that used to work for the NHS. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I couldn't imagine having to do that. Phone someone up. Hello, is that Mrs Jones? We've got some bad news. It's about, it's about your dad. I wonder uh, whether it gets to be sort of standard, though. Well, you have to... Uh, I would imagine you become... There is some sense of desensitisation to it. And also, that it's. That I'm sure there's plenty of that black humour going around as well in those places. Although, my granddad died very suddenly in hospital, unexpectedly, and mm. the nurses couldn't hide their shock. At, and and it, it might have been unprofessional by the flowchart standards, but it was quite... It was quite nice to By know the that they were child sh- standards. Sorry, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Though yeah. it didn't feel they were re- they were really shocked by the fact that he'd gone, and it was kind of is it weird to say reassuring? Mm. That I felt that they were being real, and they <clears> felt <throat> they felt sad about it as much, much as we did, rather than I'm afraid we've got some terrible news. I've got for some you. terrible news for you. Uh, here's a story. I like this. Rug- uh, rowdy rugby parents and coaches were silenced yesterday by a shouting ban at junior matches. It's political correctness gone mad. Shh. It's health and safety gone mad. Shh. We're going to hell in a handcart. It's the thin end of the wedge, I tell you that much. Frantic gestures and polite applause replaced swearing and cheering on sidelines as teams took part in Silent Sunday. Is frantic gestures better? More off-putting, surely. I'm making a frantic gesture. You may have been able to work out what it was from the noise of me uh, flapping against the microphone. (coughs) Excuse me. The two-week initiative aims to curb a rise in unruly behaviour blamed for putting off new referees and young players. Oh, flippin' heck. Come on, guys. Really? Dawn Rathmull of Yorkshire Rugby Football Union said yesterday... We are struggling to get referees out on Sunday mornings because of the abuse they get from some parents and some coaches. Well, that's kind of part of the job, isn't it? Some of the players also feel pressured because they're getting instructions screamed at them from the touchline. The language can be quite rich. (laughs) Well, listen, I I would suggest, if you've got a youngster... um, Look, there's a 15-year-old here. Daniel, 15, who won his game, called it well weird. 
He said, it was difficult to play and get yourself motivated without the supporters shouting, but added, the ref liked it. If you're a 15-year-old kid and you're playing rugby, which is quite an aggressive game, and you can't handle the truth, no, you can't handle parents shouting at the referee, shouting at you, you can't handle the coach shouting, then you shouldn't be playing rugby. It's not a gentle game of um, uh, 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 chess or something. It's a proper full-on, full-contact sport. Some uh, Yesterday, 76 junior sections took part. Players could shout. Martin Smith, a coach and chairman of Brodlian's Rugby Juniors, Halifax, said, we ended up using sign language. It is great if it makes people aware. I wouldn't like it every week, though. Flippin' heck! 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M40, there's a lane closed in both directions between Junction 4 for High Wycombe and 3 for Loudwater. It's causing queues towards London from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church. On the M40 northbound, we've just also heard that there's an accident between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout and 5 for Stoke and Church, which could cause some delays as well. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow from Junction 14 for Milton Keynes to 13 for Bedford. And anti-clockwise on the M25, it's starting to get very uh, very busy between Junction 21A for the M1 south and 19 for Watford. In Helmer Hempstead, looking at the speed sensors on the A41 southbound, it's slow from the uh, Two Waters Road towards the M25 junction 20 at Kings Langley. In Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, that's looking very busy from Ledborough Lane towards the A40. And on the trains, Thameslink services between Farringdon and uh, St Pancras International are suspended because of flooding on the line, and that also means that East Midlands trains are running a reduced service. And National Rail have told us that their real-time information isn't working, so the apps and departure information won't be working this morning. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Bedford Borough Council has U-turned over the amount it pays carers following an investigation by BBC Three Counties Radio. Former Booper carers who became employed by the council last April weren't being paid the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. The mix-up came to light when the man went in to identify the body. The still major disruption on the Thames Incline into London this morning, flooding in a tunnel between St Pancras and Farringdon means there's a limited number of trains running to the capital from Bedford. And security procedures are being reviewed in all government departments after a hoax caller got through to David Cameron. They pretended to be the director of GCHQ. Downing Street says no sensitive information was given out. The weather will be cold and wet this morning but turning brighter this afternoon. Top temperatures around 5 degrees Celsius. That's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsenal, Aston Villa and West Ham all overcame lower league opposition as they booked their places in the last 16 of the FA Cup. Tonight, Rochdale plays Stoke. The Watford manager, Slavisa Djukanovic, claims he said nothing much at half-time against Blackpool on Saturday. The Hornets trailed 2-0 to the bottom club but hit back to win 7-2. It's not easy to score seven goals in second time and we showed different uh, faces today in the, in the game. We score seven goals, I must be happy. 
In League One, the MK Dons won 2-0 against Barnsley. Meanwhile, after Saturday's one-all draw in League Two at Cheltenham, Luton manager John Steele is turning his attention back to the transfer market. We've made quite a few in- inquiries in a few different areas. Uh, we- we're hoping it moves on again uh, this week and we, we can provide something in-, in sort of the week leading up to next week. But... You know, obviously it relies on what happens elsewhere, so we'll we'll wait and see. But we are actively trying to, to, to do what we think we need to do. Elsewhere, Stevenage lost 3-2 at Shrewsbury and Wickham drew one all at Mansfield. In tennis, Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of Australian Open Tennis for the sixth consecutive year, beating Gregor Dimitrov over four sets. He now faces local favourite Nick Kyrgios tomorrow. He's dangerous, he's uh, unpredictable, he's uh, entertaining, um, you know, and he's, he's a good athlete, moves well and... He's, he's explosive on the court, so he's, uh, yeah, he has a, a lot of things going for him. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Just keep moving on Down this road That never seems to end When you adventure Lies just around the bend So if you want to join me For a while Just grab your hat Come travel light That's old style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow The whole world is my home So of this story because it's caused real controversy on Twitter, primarily between you, a political reporter, and a T-shirt printer. Yes. So what, is this, what was this story about this fiver? Little boy asleep on a train. His mum moves him because it's quite full train and people wanted to get on. Sorry to interrupt. 
Do you ever do that thing where you read a few books to your kids just because the way you said that first yeah. sentence and it's the, first, the couple of books are in rhyme yeah. and then you go to a book that isn't in rhyme, it's in prose, yes. but you, you, you read and you can't get out of the rhyme rhythm. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. It's fun, fun. Can't get out of the rhyme. Or the rhythm. Continue. Little boy asleep on the, the train. train. His What's going thinks, on in his tiny brain? Let's not be a pain. There we go. You see? Don't do it all in poems. So... I hate poems. So on comes a man. No. The mum has a plan. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> she shifts the kid onto her knee. And a bloke three or four chairs down. You've got you following this, Dave. Bonjour, Dave. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Bonjour, Dave. Yes, yes. Comment ça va, David? Guten Tag. Bonjour. Bonjour. There we go. He's learned something. Bonjour, today. Dave. Bonjour. Dans la What's aviary. Huh? What's your mean? What does bonjour mean? Qu'est-ce que tu fais yeah. là avec tous les, uh, les oiseaux? Wrong. Bonjour means refrigerator. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. So we're asking, how, how is your fridge? You lot, you lot are getting silly down here. Here's Why the thing. That? I did a show. I did a show at uh, another place at the weekend, right? <laughs> and um, I was speaking to this woman, and she said, we're talking about speaking ill of the dead, right? And she said, you should never speak ill of the dead. I said, what about Hitler? She said, I don't know, I don't know much about him. What? I said, tell me what you know about Hitler, right? She went... <laughs> I said, tell me what you know about Hitler. She said, he had children with blue eyes and he killed short people. Gosh, how old was this woman? She was in her 60s. <gasps> <coughs> he had children with short eyes and he killed short people. Anyway, David, listen to this story. Oh, Catherine, yeah. tell us about the fiver on the train. Little boy, fast asleep on the train. His mum thinks, I shall not be a pain. On comes a man, the mum has a plan. She moves the baby onto her knee. Then some weirdo further down the train decides this is an act worthy of praise. I know I'll do. Some money I'll raise. Oh, flipping it, mate, really. <laughs> so he sticks a fiver and a little note and hands it over saying, that's what I wrote. Basically, Dave, that's just awful. A, a woman has got a kid on a train. She moves him so that someone can sit down. A fella writes a creepy note, slips a fiver in it, saying, well done. Patronising or kind? Kind. Incorrect answer. Try again. Kind. Inter incorrect answer. Try again. Kind. Incorrect answer. Try again. Generous. Incorrect answer. Try again. Oh, dear, oh, pray. Uh, Incorrect answer. Try again. Can I talk seriously, yeah? If you answer the question correctly, then yes, you can. Repeat again. Um, right, Kath, do your bit again. Shall I read the note? Yeah. Are you sure? What he wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kath, you, be, you mm. read it a lot better. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, here we go. I'll read you the note. Are you ready, Dave? Pay attention, because this is the note, what the man wrote. Are you yes. ready? Yes. I'm going to tell you what the man said. We've okay. had complaints about you as well, by the way, Dave. Have you? People are going to stop listening if you keep coming on. I'm going to, I'm going to no, stop turning up if it, you keep coming on. It's one person who only texts us when you come on, so to be honest, carry on. Cat, well, Cass, uh, Cass, um, Cass little crap, girls. Yeah. yeah. Cass, little girls. So you did it again. No, she like doesn't. Noise you make, but it's not right. really your noise. Listen, forget it. A woman moved a child off a chair. He got, she got left a note with five pounds in it. Is it patronising or nice? Here's the note. Nice. Have a drink on me. You are a credit to your generation. Yes, nice. That's very, that's very nice of that man. It is very nice of that man. Yeah. What did you want to say, Dave? Because I'm losing right. the. I'm going to start holding my breath in a minute until I die. <laughs> holding your breath until you find death. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. goodness sakes. 
Well, can you let me speak? Yes, speak. Right. Well, I couldn't get in because you're there, okay? Right. Did you say this morning that. Hello? Oh, God, I've just talked to myself. Come back, Dennis. Come back, Matt. Hello? Well, I can't speak to a brick wall. Hello? 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 A chef nicked 78 pounds worth of shopping from Sainsbury's and you're encouraging him to come back onto the television. Encouraging him a thief, a thief. Well, well, well. Is that true, Mr. Lee? Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums. And Sam Spoon's rhythm pole. And Vern Dudley Bohay Noel, bass guitar. And Neil Innes, piano. Come in, Rodney Slater on the saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. Nice. Princess Anne on sousaphone. Introducing Liberace clarinet. With Donna Ted Armstrong on vocals. Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing. In the groove with Harold Wilson violin. Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Park, bass sax. Great honor, sir. Especially flown in for us, a Sessions Gorilla on Vox Humana. Nice to see Incredible Shrinking Man on Euphonium. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Hearing from you later, Casanova on Horn. Yeah, digging General De Gaulle on accordion. Really wild, General. Thank you, sir. Roy Rogers on trigger. Tune in Wild Man of Borneo on bongos. Count Basie Orchestra on triangle. Thank you. Great to hear the Rawlinsons on trombone. Back from his recent operation, Dan Drop, hot. And representing the flower people, Quasimodo on bells. Wonderful to hear Brainiac on banjo. We welcome Baldunican as himself. Very appealing, Max Jaffa. Mmm, that's nice, Max. What a team, Zebra Kid and Horace Bachelor on percussion. The great favorite and the wonderful performer, all of us here, J. Arthur Rank on Gong. 
Well, we were miming all the instruments. Were you miming all the instruments, Dr. Watts? Oh, yeah. Bonzo dogs were great. Listen, I've called up a couple of times. It's secret work call time again, right? Yeah. Oh, secret work call time, yeah. <laughs> well, look, look. The, yeah. uh, Come on, fella. Bonzo dogs did this tune called uh, Jazz, Delicious, Hot, Disgusting, Cold. You must check it out. I have just treated myself to all the Bonzo's albums in a nice little box set for 15 quid. Wow, what a bargain. It's a bargain, and I will... Is it... Because some of their songs are a little bit rude. I would love... To, I would love to play Karma Sutra. Oh, it's superb, isn't, isn't it? it? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's only a minute long, but I think... I think for a BBC local radio breakfast show... If I were at the, uh, the, the, another place I used to work at, oh, I'd play it all the time. A BBC local breakfast show... I don't know. I keep listening to it and thinking, could I get away with this or not? I think you can, but I don't think it's too fruity, if you know what I mean. It's fair. It's, it's suggestive. <laughs> but not too suggestive. It's not... Ex- right. it's not ex- I mean, it's not... I'm turning Japanese, is it? No, I mean, that no. Is a, no. There. It's 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 suggest They are a good... They did do a lot of rubbish, having listened to all of their albums in the space of two days. They did do some rubbish, but they are wonderful. Viv Stanchel. Oh, I miss Viv Stanchel. You couldn't overload on the Bonzo dogs. That's the problem. You listen to too much, it'll blow your, blow your mind. I'll so. tell you what we'll do, Dr Watts. Yeah. Should we try and get Neil Innes on the show in the next couple of weeks? Oh, mate, that'd be wicked, wouldn't right. it? Let's get Neil in. Catherine, let's get Neil in on the show in a couple of weeks. Well, Dr. Watts, we're doing it for you, and you, you can do a sneaky work call and have a word with him. I think he used to be married to a friend of my auntie's. Really? Uh, he's your uncle? Yeah, pretty much. Dr. Watts, he's, it's happening. He's, bar- he's barking mad. Yeah. He's, he's barking he's, mad. He's bonkers, but we'll get him on the show. And Vivian Stanshaw, of course, lived in Norfolk, didn't he? Uh, not a million miles from where we used to live. Is that, when, now, is that when he lived on the boat? Where was the boat? Oh, I don't know. I'm on about some crazy old house he had mm. you know, all his recording gear in, but, uh, uh, yeah. He was, he was when bonkers. we lived in when we lived in the Far East. Good old days. Anyway, I've got to get to work. I'll speak to you later. Ta-ta. <laughs> By the way, I was going to say thanks for my T-shirt. I've been wearing it to bed. Yeah, I wore my T-shirt to bed the other night. What T-shirt? He brought in Marshall T-shirts. He brought oh. one for you. I gave it to you. Uh, you were here. Huh? You were. I gave it to you, mate. Gosh, no. it would reach the floor on you. Yeah. You could wear Driving. it for your wedding. Not, Mar- not that he works at Marshall. No. Shh, <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, there are delays towards London between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe after the barrier repairs going on after the accident yesterday evening. On the M40 northbound, though, there was an accident between Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabouts and 5 for Stoke and Church, but that has now been cleared, the police are saying. On the M1 southbound, Webby called to say that it's stop-stop between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. Looking at the speed sensors, it is still looking quite busy through that stretch. And the A1 southbound is very slow from the Kimbleton turn-off to the Black Cat roundabouts. In Stevenage on Broadhall Way, it's very busy at the Gunnels Wood Road between the football ground and the A1M. And on the trains, Thameslink services between Farringdon and St Pancras International are suspended because it's flooded on the line at Farringdon. That means East Midlands trains are running a reduced service as well. And National Rail have let us know that there's a problem with their real-time information today. So it means that live departure information at the stations and all apps people would normally use to check train times won't be working. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.46, it's Monday the 26th of January, I'm Ian Lee These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Carers employed by Bedford Borough Council are getting a pay rise after BBC Three Counties learnt they weren't being paid the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his dad had died 
And there's disruption to trains on the Thameslink line this morning because of a flooded tunnel in London. 08459 555 is our phone number if you want to give us a call. We'll speak after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A reasonably mild start to the day across all three counties, actually. The temperature outside around 9 Celsius at the moment. You have got one or two spots of rain in the air, though, and a bit of cloud as well. But it is moving south and eastwards, and once it clears, we're going to get some sunshine. So a bright afternoon with some sunshine, but it's going to feel a bit colder as the temperature drops once this cold front clears this morning. So the maximum later on this morning is probably going to be around 10, 11 Celsius. By the end of the day, probably 7 or 8 Celsius. Overnight, once the sun's sets we've got largely clear skies so a much colder night than the one we've just had a slight frost perhaps tomorrow morning the minimum temperature widespread around one celsius a chilly bright start to tuesday morning but the cloud will increase tomorrow afternoon temperatures up to nine celsius and that's your forecast Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated, and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you, Claudette, what does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two things I want people to call in about. I want you to call in about, uh, dear. No, not you. I've just been reading David Lloyd's book on how to uh, make great radio. Say you a lot. So I have to say you a lot. There's a book coming out by David Lloyd, who uh, uh, was my employer many years. I, I, I wouldn't be here if he hadn't given me a job about ten years ago. He's a nice fella. I was down on my uppers. What does that? What, what are your uppers? And how can you be down on them? Surely that's a good thing. Is that to do with having worn your shoes out? I was certainly up on my downers at the time, but that's a different story. Uh, and he's written a book on how to make great radio, and I'm reading it, boy oh boy, and I think you should read it, uh, Catherine. And K- Kelly, you should probably get the audio book. I already know how to make great radio. Go on. You speak to the listener as you, hey, as the person. Good. Fair play. Yeah. And you as, never say, as the person, yeah. You never say bye. That's a switch off moment. Yeah. I always you say, say, I'm Ian Lee. Uh, thanks. Ta ta. I say ta ta. Ta ta. It's a, a moment where people go. Oh, well, I, don't, I don't want them to listen to JVS. I want my figures. This, this is the cold, hard truth, okay? I want better figures than JVS. I want 8.59 to be a turn off moment. No. That makes don't. me look. Yeah, this guy, two, thumb, two thumbs and owns a fridge. This guy. <laughs> Because the more le- listeners that JVS have, say, for example, their dials will be on Three Counties Radio for the yeah, morning. Yeah, because everyone's got a radio <laughs> dial, haven't they? Was Any- it 1983? Anyway, guys, um, that book's going to be... 3.8. FM. That book's going to be excellent because uh, guess who's quoted in it? <laughs> Boyle's quoted in it! This really? guy! This guy's quoted in it! Catherine, there's enough... What does he say? He says, uh, if you want to know uh, how not to do radio, then you should listen to Catherine Boyle. She's rubbish. No, 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 no. Words of wisdom from me. She, he quotes her in his book, page nine, of like a, what is going to be a, a, a Bible on how to make radio. She gets a quote in it. Nice work, Boyle. Boom shakalak. I, I don't even get a look in. What did you have to do for that? OK. How did you become head girl? <laughs> now... Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, five. So these are the two things I want you to call in about, dear listener. Uh, one, uh, th- th- Dave's point was um, was interesting. What, uh, that he can't, he doesn't know what bonjour means? No, about Anthony Worrell Thompson. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah, I think Anthony Worrell Thompson. I think Anthony Worrell Thompson should be back on television and radio. He nixed some stuff for 70, uh, seventy quid from Tesco's or Waitrose. Um, he was driven to suicide. He wasn't doing. He was doing it because he was mentally ill. There was a compulsion, an addiction, an illness. There was something going on. He wasn't doing it because he was a bad man. And then what happens is he gets roundly shamed for it. And yeah, and he wants to commit suicide. So yeah, I mean, I didn't like him on. I, did, I found him quite irritating on television, to be honest. But if the only reason he's not on television is because he nicked seventy quid's worth of stuff from Tesco's, Go well. Just checking. He's not a vicar or um, someone who um, catches bank robbers or someone, is he? No, no. So it's not part of his job to it, not nick. He's a TV chef. Okay, he's a TV chef, and he has thoroughly apologised. He's been thoroughly shamed and humiliated. And there are people that have done much worse things, involving sexy things, involving drugs, involving all kinds of abuses, that get welcomed back into their job. So, yeah, I, I really strongly disagree with Dave. I think Anthony Worrell Thompson should be welcomed back with open arms. I kind of think there are other people out there as well. 08459 455 555. And the other thing, this mum, she was looking after a kid on a train. A fella saw it and thought it was nice, left a, a note saying, well done, that was really nice, here's a fiver. Is that patronising or is it nice? I think it's really, really patronising. I think it's odd. Listen, I've got um, exemplary children, as you know. And oh, I'm not the not the youngest. Titch is not. She's a nightmare. Well, so, you know, I've deserved more than a fiver for keeping her in line. But... Biggin is nuts as well, actually. <laughs> they, are. they are both nuts. But at the same time, people, when we go to restaurants and stuff, do tend to comment on how well behaved they are. And on planes, because you see two kids come on and you think, oh, immediately it's going to be like feeding time at the zoo. It's not with my children. Well, it's cowpole, isn't it? Yeah, mostly. Uh, so, the, the, the but two things... it's nice things. to get a compliment, but I don't deserve paying for it. No, no. There's two, the two things I want you to give us a call about. 08459 Anthony Worrell Thompson, it would be hard to argue that he doesn't deserve a second chance. Uh, and that story about the, the kid and the mum and the fiver, it's just weird, isn't it? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, an accountant from Luton who was told he may never walk again after being shot in the leg and left for dead says he's glad to be proving doctors wrong with his recovery. Atif Ali was shot at close range in May, t- May 2013, was it? Blimey. Uh, whilst on his way to work. Well, last year, two men were jailed for life over a plot to murder him. Catherine, remind us about the background to this, please. Well, did you say it happened in May 2013? I remember this happening yes, while we were at work. Yes, yes. Um, a young man, Atif Ali, nearly lost his life that day. It was on Leicester Road in Luton. He was driving to work and a car deliberately went into the back of his. When he got out, he was shot in the thigh um, and it was a planned attack and it was all down to a personal grudge by 28-year-old Shazad Marouf. Now, last year, along with the gunman, Bernard Pill, he was jailed for life for conspiracy to murder. Atif spoke to us about uh, what had happened at the time of the attack. I heard another bang, loud bang, and uh, as I lost my balance and I fell to the floor, looked down and saw my leg and it was kind of <laughs> hanging off. Managed to drag myself onto the footpath and started to call for help. So Atif is doing better than was uh, predicted? Absolutely. They, he, they told him he would never walk again. He is. There's a chance he may still lose his leg, though, if there are further complications. But he says he's, he's had a really tough time. He's coming through it. There were times where things got very, very difficult and very, very low. It's been the most difficult period of my life without that. 
and I want to wish it upon anyone else. <laughs> so how is Active trying to put these things behind him then? Well, in a quite a big way. He's planning to cycle 35 miles oh, from Luton to London. Flipping heck. He's doing it next month to build uh, two orphanages in Pakistan and Gaza. His friend Amir, who's a cyclist, is supporting him and he's going to ride 12,000 miles around the globe <laughs> to race. All right, I mean, no need to rub it in, mate, is there? Blimey. The first leg will be everybody join us from Luton to London. Another leg will take us down to Dover and then from then on we'll be cycling on around the world. Okay, that cycle rides on the 28th of February and Atif says that it's his family's faith and positive thinking that have helped him embark on this fresh challenge. You can achieve anything you want as long as you believe in it enough to achieve it. And there's a lot of people, millions of people in fact across the world that would rather be in our position than theirs. If you can, you can utilise your time to, to help them out, then why not? And you can see more on this story on BBC One tonight from 6.30 on Look East. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I just don't get why you would leave a note. But you think it's nice, don't you? A note with a fiver in saying, well done, have a drink on me. A, it's encouraging mums to drink. Which well, I don't approve I'll of. All that. No, 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 no. But it wasn't even from the guy that she'd moved the child for. No. It was from someone who'd been watching and decided to be a benefactor. It just it just makes me feel really creepy. You're a credit to your generation. I've been watching you. Wait, how does he know? How does she know the note was for her? It had her name on it. How did he know her name? Exactly. That's where it gets creepy. <laughs> it didn't have her name on it. it must, he must have just left it on the the the. Uh, Could have been for anyone. Somebody might have done something really nice. I don't like... OK, here it is, right? Here's, here's the problem I have with it. I don't like strangers communicating with strangers. Do you remember there was a restaurant in London that was really trendy because it had phones on the tables? And if there was a hot girl sat over there, I would go, oh, that hot girl's on table 12. <laughs> Hello, is that table 12? These are the guys at table 36. You want some of this? You want some of this? Nope. <laughs> see, and I don't, and that, all, and then all my friends would go, and it was like a trendy thing to do. And I just thought that sounds absolutely hellish. Strangers should not talk to strangers. That what was you, before Tinder. Well, what's what, what's going to happen? You're going to you're going to become friends? No. Tinder is that like um, Grinder? That's yeah. the one I've got on my phone. Kinda. Okay. Kinda Grinder. Um, it's just th- people. It's like when I'm 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 out and people want to talk to me. It's that thing of I don't like the idea of a stranger slipping me money. It's kind of a weird obligation moment. It is a bit like when it's happened to me a lot. It's happened to me where you said a gentleman over there wanted to buy you a drink. <laughs> Do you like the one show? <laughs> exactly. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Someone's wanted to buy you a drink. Yeah. But if they knew how much you drank, they'd. Uh... <laughs> They wouldn't encourage that. I really? don't like it. It feels like it's a kind of, here's a fiver for me to spend some time with you. And do you accept the drink? No. Have you ever accepted the drink? Oh, yeah. One I time, used to go out with a fiver in my pocket and come back with a fiver in my pocket. Hey! Me and my male friend were out. Yes. Okay. You all right? Yes. Me and my uh Shall I tell you what friend. I just said off no. mic? No. Me and my male friend were out and we bought drinks and somebody at the bar said, no, they were already paid for. And we looked over and it was two gents. Oh, gents. We were confused. Were they in their 50s? No, they were the same age as us. They said that they saw us having fun and wanted to... Join um, us. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I don't like... I, this is one of the reasons I don't go out. I don't like people talking to me. I don't like the people in Tesco talking. You having a good day? None of your flipping bit. No, I'm having a really bad day. Things at home are awful. I'm thoroughly depressed and my kids are getting on my nerves. Oh, so I, I love... 
speaking to random people. But then tell them, if someone that says, oh, all right, how's, how's it going? Why don't you tell them the truth? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you say, do you know what, actually? I've got a blinding headache. Uh, I'm thinking of moving out. And well, do you know what? I, I want to jack my job in. Why don't people say that? Some I, do. I do, and that's probably why no one talks to me outside school anymore. Oh, wait, 459 four, five, 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 five. And also, you're too old to go to school, Catherine. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are some delays on the M40. Towards London, there are queues from Junction 6 for Watlington to Junction 4 for High Wycombe because of the barrier repairs going on there. And it's also starting to look slow northbound from Junction 2 for Beaconsfield to Junction 4 for High Wycombe. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking very slow from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 16 for the M40. And there's an hour-long queue on the A40 Western Avenue from the Denham Roundabout to the Hangar Lane Gyratory uh, past Hillingdon, Northolt and Greenford. In Wendover on London Road, that's looking very slow on the speed sensors southbound uh, not helped by the closure of Ellsborough Road for roadworks and on the train some Thames Link services and East Midlands trains in and out of St Pancras International will be suspended or cancelled this morning because of flooding on the line at Farringdon the 812 from Luton and the 824 from Bedford have been cancelled Samantha Braff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you, Samantha. So, Anthony Worrell Thompson, there is no argument for not letting him back on the telly. And leaving a fiver for that mum and a note, that's... Well, is it weird or is it nice? It's weird. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, carers in Bedford win new turnover wages, major disruption on the Thameslink line and a Hertfordshire man's wrongly told his father has died. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Borough Council has U-turned over the amount it pays carers following an investigation by BBC Three Counties Radio. Former Booper carers who became employed by the council last April weren't being paid the living wage. One of the carers says they didn't realise they were supposed to be paid more. No one had mentioned it to us, and we were told that we c- we'd have to carry on on the same contract as we had with Booper. As a pay rise, we are happy, but what is more important is we believe that it should be backdated. We should get it back to the 1st of April, like everyone else in Bedford Borough. There's still major disruption on the Thames Incline into London this morning. Flooding between St Pancras and Farringdon means there's a limited number of trains tr- running to the capital from Bedford. Roger Perkins from Govia says 50,000 litres from a burst water main has poured into a tunnel since Friday. But there's so much water in the tunnel that we've got to wait for um, Network Rail to get it pumped out so they can then inspect it. We've got a very much a reduced service running. So, um, unfortunately, um, yeah, it means that it's going to be very difficult for people this morning. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. The mix-up came to light when the man went in to identify the body. David, who used to work as an NHS, a nurse for the NHS, told Ian Lee he understands how a mistake could happen. If you've got a lot of patients, which most of the trusts do, um, you don't necessarily see the patients during your shift always. And if it's halfway between two shifts that someone arrests or passes away, it's an easy error to make because you're just grabbing a folder and ringing the person. Security is being reviewed across Whitehall after a hoax caller claiming to be the head of the intelligence agency GCHQ was put through to the Prime Minister. Downing Street said David Cameron ended the call when it became clear it wasn't genuine. 
An accountant from Luton who was told he may never walk again after being shot in the leg says he's glad to be proving doctors wrong with his recovery. Two men are serving life in prison for attacking Atif Ali on his way to work in May 2013. Atif can now walk again and is planning to cycle from Luton to London next month for charity. You can achieve anything you want as long as you believe in it enough to achieve it. And there's a lot of people, millions of people in fact across the world that would rather be in our position than theirs. If you can, if you can utilise your time to, to help them out, then why not? And you can see more on this story on Look East on BBC One this evening. In sport, Andy Murray's through to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open tennis for the sixth consecutive year, beating Gregor Dimitrov over four sets. He now faces local favourite Nick Kyrgios tomorrow. And the weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, but turning brighter this afternoon, top temperatures around 5 degrees Celsius. That's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. The living wage, they're not so living in hospitals. Anthony Worrell Thompson, let's let's throw a big party for him on a daytime television show. And if a stranger left you a note and a fiver saying, hey, well done, you're a good parent, would you find that creepy or would you think that was nice? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We got some texts on the note thing. Go on in. Jan and Luton, best friends are strangers at the start. Yeah. Oh, no. They're... They don't pay each other a fiver for the privilege. No, Frank, no. Uh, Paul says, the note is a nice gesture, but I think the money is a weird and patronising thing. Uh, I see the money as the man kind of looking down at this lady. That's yeah, yeah. And David in Puckeridge says, I left a note for an air hostess on a Virgin Atlantic flight from New York. I bet he did, eh? Chief? Eight years on, we're married with uh, two children. Hey! Get in there, sunshine! what he wrote. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I don't hazard a guess. Though I, uh, um, okay, let's say it. Those air stewardesses and the stewards are. Um, oh, how can I put this without um, doing a Danny Kelly and getting in the mirror? Um, the air stewardesses wear too much makeup, and the air stewards are too well plucked. They are told to wear that much makeup. My sister was one of those air stewardesses. They were given a class, and it's like they all have to have the same face on. Who's beeping? Scoins. Scoins Could you stop beeping, mate? Trying to do a radio show. He's doing it again. What? Why is he in it? Honestly, gosh. And why is he not speaking? Well, I know he can hear me. He's just squeaking. Like. I'm sorry, I'm not on a microphone. I can't hear you, mate. You're not on the microphone. <laughs> I also had a phone call from an anonymous police source. Oh, yes. About this uh, story we've got about... Uh, if, the... By the way, if you've ever left random notes for anybody, 08459 455 555. Or received one. Yes. Me. Well, OK. Yeah. Dennis? So uh, we're talking about uh, this story. Dennis? We're going to do it a bit. Uh, a fellow was told his dad had died in hospital. He went to see him, looked at the body, went, yeah, that's not, not my, my dad. dad. That's not my dad. I'm sad to apologise. Yes. Um, I had a phone call from someone who used to be in the police. Can't yep. come on for uh, reasons of him being a spy or something. Yep. And he said to me that he and uh, a new police officer went to break some bad news to a woman. Oh, no. Go on. That her husband had died. Oh, dear. It was a guy with the same name. Yeah, it would be. Just so happened that her husband had gone to hospital. Uh, well, she didn't know that he'd come home and he was upstairs in bed. So they break the news. She is distraught. Yeah. 
then he pads down the stairs and says, what's going on? Ooh, I, I, honestly, I was watching Mind Your Language yesterday on YouTube. It, yes, exactly the same thing. Well, not thing. quite the same thing. Very similar. The they, Spanish man the, the Spanish man thought that um, Barry Evans, the teacher, had died. They went to his funeral and then he turns up at the funeral. Why would he go to someone else's funeral? Because he knew that the um, the foreign uh, kids had gone there, so he went there to try and get them. Oh, and then he ended up in the in the grave. It was it was awkward. That uh, doesn't happen, does it? No, but it, you know, it's oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Yeah. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay. A couple of years ago, Bedford Borough Council made a big deal about becoming a living wage council, meaning it was going to pay its staff much more than the minimum wage. But some care home staff say they've been ignored because they used to work for private company Booper. They haven't been given the same deal since the increase was brought in in April last year. Well, we invited Bedford Council to come on the programme this morning to explain why the former Booper workers haven't got the living wage. We were told that no one was available, but... Late on Friday night, it was confirmed that the living wage would be paid from February. Well, I'm joined by Steve Sweeney from the GMB Union, which have been calling for the workers to be paid the living wage. Morning, Steve. Morning. So the, the workers will be getting the living wage from February. How does that make you feel? Well, obviously, that's, um, yeah, that's a very welcome step. Um, yeah, as you've rightly uh, pointed out uh, this morning, that Bedsborough, County, uh, Bedsborough Council are a, a living wage employee uh, employer, so the worker there should be entitled to li- living wage. The issue remains, obviously, that um, they started work for Bedsborough Council back in April last year, so there's the issue of, of the, um, uh, the payment of the living wage uh, backdated to then. Well, the, the, the council have said that they're not going to make the uh, payment retrospective um, due to the nature of the tube regulations, we're unable to backdate the transfer onto our terms and conditions. Um, are you going to appeal that? Are you going to complain about that? Well, we're currently seeking advice on that. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, as with any legislation, uh, the TUPI legislation, it sets out minimum standards. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the minimum that the uh, local authority needs to, to comply with. But, of course, you know, the issue is our members have been paid, um, uh, and all the staff have been paid, a minimum wage for, you know, for, for, for what is a very, very difficult job. And, of course, as, as the local authority is a living wage um, you know, employer, we believe that they should be entitled to that pay backdated. And that's what we're going to be pushing for. It's not, um, it's a voluntary thing, isn't it? So it's not compulsory. And of course, your members knew the wage when when they took the job. For Booper? Yeah. They, they 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 knew it was a minimum wage, didn't they? They, well, they knew that yes, they did. They knew it was a, um, a minimum. And they wage, didn't know uh, that they job. didn't that even. Doesn't, that doesn't necessarily. That, that, that obviously doesn't. You know, that doesn't make it right. And of course, one of the one of the uh, you know the, the things that a trade union does is fight for better terms and conditions for for, for our members. And of course, I think the, the the point is that they were employed um, by the local authority from the first of April or the thirty first of the thirty first of, of March, and that employer pays its um, staff. Um, the living wage. So 
you know, if it's good enough for the rest of the staff, it should be good enough for the booper staff that have, or the ex-booper staff that have been brought in. Steve, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Patrick Hall is Labour's prospective parliamentary, parliamentary candidate for Bedford and former MP who supported the introduction of this wage at the time. Morning, Patrick. Good morning. Uh, why was it not applied fairly to all workers at the start, the living wage? Well, as Steve said, you know, it's to do with the, the law and the regulations and uh, transferring stuff from one employer to another. They, were, they changed from uh, being booper employed to council employed on the 31st of March. The living wage was brought in on the 1st of April. That, that's right. So, the, the so what account- went wrong? The barrack, no, it's to do with the, the transferring people from one set of conditions to another. So it, you, do, you don't change your conditions overnight, and people are transferred across. This happens all over the country, and it's taken 10 months to do the transfer. So why I is mean, it not being paid uh, you, retrospectively? Well, you really have to ask the borough council about that, because they're dealing with the details, not me, nor Steve. As he, as he said, he's taking advice. Look, I mean, um, in an ideal world, they should have gone on to the living wage on the 1st of April last year. I agree, but they didn't. But they will be on the 1st of February, so that's actually good news. And not only will they be on a high wage, a wage that they should be on, uh, but uh, they'll, they'll now receive sick pay and premiums for the night shift and that sort of thing. And do you, it's, do you it's think not, it should be backdated, um, Patrick? If, if possible, of course. Absolutely. Because they joined the Borough Council staff on the 1st of April last year after being, if I may say so, exploited by Bupa for very many years. And uh, these 200 or so care workers, they're amongst the few in the country who are actually on the living wage rather than the minimum wage. So, well, so there's, a good, there's a good story here. It's not perfect, but it's actually... Exploited progress. by Bupa for, for many years, you say. That, that, would, that, that, yes. that, that would imply, that employ, they imply they've been exploited by Bedford Borough Council for 10 months. No, I don't think so. Well, it's the, the, same, Council, it's the same conditions, the same pay. Look, there's a good news story here. Not all stories nowadays are good. This is working in the right direction. I congratulate the Borough Labour Group for taking this initiative and the Borough Council for uniting behind this. I wish it was happening to more people in this country. We might get out of our problems a bit more quickly if we paid people properly. But but do you wish it was backdated? I said that, yes. And in an ideal world, I hope that 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 would have happened. And in this world, I hope that uh, the union is successful in trying to negotiate something. But even if they don't, what is happening is positive. Is it affordable for everyone to get the living wage, Patrick? Yes, yes, because um, it, it makes total sense for the economy, because people on low wages, if, if they get an increase, they spend it all. They spend it on, the, on, on living. Um, if you give uh, tax cuts to the very rich like this government, they save it, so that doesn't help anybody. So this helps to recover the economy for everybody, and uh, it makes total sense. Patrick, thank you for your time. Patrick Hall, Labour's prospective parliamentary candidate for Bedford. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You know, earlier on we were talking about um, the way doctors deliver bad news. Yes. And sometimes it can be like um, killing a bee with a bazooka. Oh, yes, it can be, can't it? Don't, don't, don't throw these things. I'm, I need to tidy up my... Um, hang on. So boobs nope. is not news. Hang on. I love big bones. No, hang on a minute. I need to tidy this up a bit. Hang yeah. on, I'll find it. Say it again, say it again. Sometimes the way doctors deliver bad news can be... Wee willy wonky. Nope. <laughs> I got a minute, I got... Um, right, do, right, do it again. Sometimes the way doctors deliver bad news can be like... I'm not in a bad mood. No. OK, do it again, I've got it. Sometimes the way doctors deliver bad news can be like... It is so close to my home and... No. Um, sometimes it is. Hang on a second. I don't know... I mean, this is um, quite I'm a sad gay. story that's coming off the back no, of this. No, I know, I'm trying to find it, I'm trying to find it, hang on. Well, I'm actually on the coach now. Oh. Guys, can we have a quick woo? From the BBC on the National Express coach this morning. Give us a quick woo. Go on. Woo! 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 Woo
Got bags. Should we just do it without got the bags. clip? Got bags. Got bags. Got it. Go. Sometimes. Got it. Sometimes the way a doctor delivers bad news can be like. It's like killing a bee with a bazooka. And we were talking about this flow chart that we found. Yeah. Now, we're told that West Hearts Hospital... Sensitively handled, guys. You can't argue with the stats. NHS Trust uh, has, has put a copy of a flow chart like the one we have been looking at yes, this morning. Sir. Yeah. Um, on the wall to remind... Not necessarily on the wall. On the wards to remind okay. staff how okay. to behave. OK. OK. And you said nurses are usually pretty good. Sometimes the doctors can leave a little to be the desired. Yes. Here's a message we've had through on the text. The worst care I ever had from a doctor was in Cambridge. Oh, yeah. This is a horrible story. Oh, my when my wife was in the early stages of pregnancy and on a checkup, the doctor said, and I quote, Oh, okay, so your baby's dead. Unfortunately, these things happen. Better try again. Yeah. Uh, wow. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 there are some delays this morning. There's a lane closed in both directions between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and Junction 4 for High Wycombe. So northbound that's causing queues from Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and towards London it's causing queues from Junction 6 for Watlington. On the A40 Western Avenue it's looking very slow from the Denham roundabout towards the Hangar Lane Gyratory. It's taking nearly an hour to get through that stretch. And in Aylesbury on Old Stoke Road that's been partially blocked by an accident between Chestnut Crescent and Taylor Road. In Wendover on the A413 London Road, it's looking very busy southbound uh, because of the closure of the nearby Ellsborough Road for roadworks. And on the A1 Great North Road, it's very slow between Station Road for Thamesford and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. Looking at the trains and some Thames Link and East Midlands services in and out of St Pancras International will be suspended or cancelled this morning because of flooding. And National Rail say that their real-time information isn't working this morning, so their apps and departure information won't be working oh, as nuts. usual. Oh, nuts! The BBC Three nuts! Nuts, Sammy! I love apps! Do you like apps, Sammy? I, d- I really like apps. What's your favourite apps? Give us I your top three apps. <laughs> Sammy's top three apps. Here we go. Well, uh, number three, in reverse order at number three. Probably Transport for London. Okay, no fair play. That's a boring one. At number two out of Sammy's top three apps, the second most popular app on Sammy's phone is. I got a magic piano yesterday. I'm very excited about using that. Okay, at number one. Uh, is it Tinder? We don't know. We'll find out. What is Sammy's favourite app? Uh, the news. Oh, flip it. Goodness oh, gracious me. 8.16. It's uh, Monday the 26th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Carers employed by Bedford Borough Council are getting a pay rise after it came to light they weren't getting the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who has wrongly told his father had died. And a flooded tunnel in London is still causing disruption on the Thameslink line this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. Who have you got coming in today? Who, me? Yeah. You've dressed up smart. You've got a shirt and a jacket on, which means well, you've got someone coming in. Well, I have actually got someone coming I know, in today. Yes. I've got a lady coming in to talk about a cockerel. Oh, dear. I, I can see where this is going. What? <laughs> I can see where this is going. She's apparently fed up yeah. of the noisy uh, noisy cockerels okay. where she lives. Okay, so I'll be I can, her. I can, I, okay, I know where you're going with this. Not yeah. on my show, Sunshine. No. We'll have no one talking <laughs> about a noisy cock on my show, all right? I'll <laughs> save that for your filthy programme at nine. Do you have a nice weekend? Oh, uh, not really. I had a frustrating weekend. Didn't ask. 
Um, He's going to tell me anyway. Frustrating. Uh, He's telling me to do with uh, Harpenden Recycling Centre. Again, I didn't. I didn't ask. <laughs> I'll, uh, what happened, Johnny? I'll, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'll reveal all on my show. I know about your like carpet. That. Yeah, don't and even a trailer. Start, don't even get me started. Well, I mean, trailer lack of permits. Jobs worth. Well, did you d- try and dump uh, carpet in the recycling centre and they said no? Um, I'll tell. You're not really interested. No, I, I am now. Are you? I'm a little bit. You've, you're very good at teasing mm. in many, many ways. Uh, did you try and dump an old carpet and they I, wouldn't let you? I spent. Most of the weekend, yeah, when I wasn't working, mm. ripping up all of the carpet Satisfying. from my house because I'm being recarpeted. I'm being relayed. Oh, oh! You're going to have the most wonderful afternoon when you go home and you walk through the door oh. and you smell I the know. fresh carpet. There's nothing better. I it know. only lasts an afternoon. But then it'll ball up all the time, and you have to keep hoovering it. Yeah, yeah. don't, yeah. don't. Yeah. You're not supposed to hoover it for like a week. Yeah, but then you just get all that kind of oh, that uh, fluff, fluff bunnies. Oh. Well, I'm being recarpeted, but of course. In order to be recarpeted, you have to remove old carpet. Yeah, so so I spent it. most of the weekend with a Stanley knife on my hands and knees, Bunch. hacking it up Good for you. Well into, into manageable pieces. Well, of course, when you've got an entire house worth of carpet, it's quite a lot of carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my dear uncle, yeah. who lives up in Cambridgeshire, yeah. he said, uh, he was very kind, he said, um, I'll come down with my... He's got one of these garden trailers. Oh, dear. And uh, yeah, I'll help you go. take it to the tip. Yeah, yeah. So we put it all in the trailer. No, no. We took it to Harpenden Recycling Centre. Yeah. And as we went in there, this bloke comes running over. No, 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 no. No, you need a permit, mm. he said. I said, what do you mean you need a permit? You need a permit to, to bring a trailer in here. I said, no, but this isn't commercial waste. This is from my house. I've spent mm. the weekend removing it. I told him the story. You need a permit. I said, well, where do I get a permit from? He said, you need to apply for it. Mm. Takes three weeks. Yeah, there we oh. go. Three weeks? I said, yes, but hang on a minute. We've, we didn't know. Well, was, was, oh, hang on a minute. The we didn't know No, excuse. no, no, but, but it only just came in in January. They, tra- they introduced this policy. Oh. I said, we didn't know. Loads we've, have it. we've now got the trailer here yeah. filled with carpet. What are we supposed to do? Well, you can't dump it. Yeah. I said, well, is it any wonder people go and fly tip then yeah. when they come down to the tip to legally dispose of something and you tell them they can't chuck it? Can you cut it into little pieces? And smuggle it in your trousers like the greatest One escape. bit at a time. Well, I said to him, I said, so hang on a minute, if this was in the boot of my car, yeah. I could chuck it. He said, yes. I said, right, well, in that case, we're going to take this trailer outside the door yeah. and bit by bit, I'm going to bring it in my car. No, you can't do that. Uh. Well, well, they, never mind. We did it anyway. Oh. Little Jobsworth. Well, the thing is, though, because I'm a big fan of tips, and I think the people that work there have a horrible, a thoroughly rotten job, and this has been in place in quite a few places. Oh, he wasn't having a rotten job. He was having a right old laugh yesterday. But you can't... You, otherwise, you. I mean, you do look like this... He does look like the sort of guy that would be going around collecting waste from people's homes and just dumping Very it, Very much he? so. I bet you were covered in uh, bits. Yeah. So you, he's just doing his job to protect the environment and stop people taking advantage. It's disgusting. Were you wearing tracksuit bottoms? No, I was not wearing... I had very smart corduroys on. <laughs> I'm on the... I'm on the where is this, this fine establishment? Harpenden. Harpenden Recycling Centre. Harpenden Center. Recycling Centre. Well done. You're that incandescent. Ra- that would rather you dumped your stuff in a farmer's what? field. What? No, we don't advocate that. <laughs> They're not saying that, Jonathan. Come on, you know the rules here. We're, but is it what? any wonder people do that when you what? go to dump something legally what? and they stop you? What time are you talking about this on your show? 
11 o'clock. Because I am going to be listening to people phoning up and owning you and telling you I don't that think you so. were wrong. I, I th- oh, I think so. I think people oh, I think people so. will be calling up no. and saying, I too have found it very difficult yeah. to dispose legally of stuff. No. And it's a nightmare. They are going to be phoning up saying that you are wrong and Harpenden... Is it Harpenden? Harpenden Recycling Centre. Excellent work. Well, that's at 11. I'll be listening to that. Listen to you getting a taste of your own medicine. They'll be phoning and poning. Yep. What What colour corduroys? Brown. Oh. What? (laughs) What are you doing at nine o'clock? Let's just try and calm things down a little. Well, you've got... We've worked me up now. Yeah, I know. Well, it's just... I'm so furious. Trying to work you down. I'm so livid. I know, I know. But listen, that's that's two hours away. You won't be able to live that long. What's what's, what's happening at nine? Lindsay Sandiford. Oh, yeah. At nine a.m. Remember Lindsay Sandiford? Uh, She's the... uh, The headlines in all the newspapers refer to her as the Barley Drugs Gran. That'll jog your memory. Yes, yes, yes. Um... Well, coming up at nine this morning, I'm asking, do you think we should do everything possible to get Lindsay Sandiford to a UK prison? I'll tell you why. It's been reported this morning that the British grandma, who's been in an Indonesian prison since she was caught smuggling drugs back in 2013, has been asked to sign papers that would confirm her death sentence. Wow. The punishment for smuggling drugs into Bali is death by firing squad. And whilst few people have faced that reality in the past, this weekend the Indonesian government executed five smugglers, including citizens of Brazil and Mm. the Netherlands. Oh dear. When we discussed this case two years ago, do you remember a local listener, Victor from Bedford? He donated over £1,000 to try and help her. Mm. However, whilst the British Foreign Office opposes the death penalty, her appeals have fallen on deaf ears. And now, more than ever, it appears her days could be numbered. Well, from nine this morning, I'd like your response to this. Do you think we should do everything possible to get Lindsay Sandiford to a UK prison? 08459 455 555. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Common th- here it's not. It's a common thing. You need a licence if you're taking a van or a, a trailer like that to the recycling centre. It's a common thing, isn't it? I know, Jonathan. It'll take him a good five days to come down from that high horse and then he'll start eating a humble pie. I look forward to listening to uh, the show and hearing him get pwned. Mark, stay there. I wanna, I'll come to you after half past, Mark, because I want to... Uh, oh. uh, yeah, no, sorry, I wanted to... Well, we haven't got time to do him now, so... It's all right. It's, it's nice, Mark. I, I know it's nice, Mark, but I want to, do, want to fit this guest in properly. I've only got five minutes. The West Hearts Hospitals Trust has had to apologise after staff at one of its hospitals told a man his dad had died when he hadn't. They only realised they made a mistake when he was shown somebody else's dad's body. Now, we don't know which one of the Trust's hospitals uh, was involved in the mix-up. They won't tell us. But West Hearts insist cases like this are extremely rare. rare. Well, uh, uh, is it Leela or Layla? It, sorry, Layla? Leela. It's Leela. There we go. I got it right. Leela, thank you, Leela. Leela Collins, you're a psychologist. Yes. Um, I can't even begin to imagine what this would be like for this poor bloke to, to go through the trauma of being told his dad's dead and then realising that actually he's not. Well, it is... Um... It's, it's, a, it's a catastrophe. It really is a catastrophe. And this poor man must have suffered an enormous shock. But, but, the thing is, do we consider this a catastrophe or is it an opportunity? Oh. In that, he, he now can look back and say, thank God there was a mistake and my dad's not dead. Now let me go and talk to him 
and set the records right. If there are any problems, if there are any un, untold stories, if there are any if there is anything we can do to make our relationship better or repair it and um, learn from it that this could happen. So let's uh, make the best of it. That's an interesting uh, way of, of twisting it around. And, of course, uh, uh, it, it, it would be great, wouldn't it, if we could all say what we meant to say before somebody died? Well, very often we regret say, only if I told him I loved him, only if I told him I didn't mean whatever... Mm. I said, or I did. But this is an opportunity that this man is afforded uh, to to set the record straight and make peace with his dad, if indeed he needs to. Could it have a detrimental effect on him, though, the, 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 the trauma of having to go through this? Yes, it could make him feel very anxious and very insecure, uh, bring about existential anxieties that this sort of thing could happen to him too any time it is going to make him over anxious but it, of course it depends on whether his dad is um ill yeah. or has been in hospital or in fact there is nothing wrong with his dad mm. uh, you know you've got to take the circumstances into account as to what is actually going on uh, if he's fine, that's okay. Nevertheless, he's going to be anxious and worried, and every time the f- phone rings, he's going to be worried. Are they going to give me bad news? Yeah. Uh, Leela, I've got to move on. It's great to talk to you. Leela Collins, uh, psychologist. Thank you very much indeed for that. Yes, that's right, dear listener. On my show, on BBC Three Counties Radio, we've discussed existential angst. Yeah? Take that, Nick! And Roberta and Jonathan. We've discussed existential... I don't know what it means. going to look it up, yeah. We've discussed it. Existential angst. That's a good name for a band. You can have that one, kids, if you're starting a, a little band out there, a little rock group in your mum and dad's garage. You can call yourselves that. Or it could be the name of your first single. I'm not fussed either way. Have we got any texts? We have. Do you want another... Um... Yeah, go on. Careful now. Yeah, let's steady ourselves for this. Go. This is from Helen in Milton Keynes. Morning, Helen. A young PC came to tell my mother that my nana had died hey. with the words, Did you used to know someone called... My mother said, yes, and he then said, she's dead, and walked away. I mean, there are ways of doing it, aren't there? Flipping. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. How much support have we had for Worrell Thompson? Has anyone... One. Go on. I think. <clears throat> Tony says, Anthony Worrell Thompson... Tony, Tony's is talking about Anthony. OK, uh, OK, Mr WT, yeah, go on. <laughs> ...has brought Tesco to its knees. <laughs> if you want to leave a fiver for anyone, donate it to poor Tesco. It's such a shame all round, no winners here. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are long delays on the M40 in both directions. Northbound, it's very slow from Junction 2 for Beaconsfield to Junction 4 for High Wycombe. And towards London, it's very slow from Junction 6 for Watlington towards Junction 3 for Loudwater. In Stoke and Church on the A40 Butterfly Road, that's looking very slow from Kingston Hill to Marlow Road. The A40 Western Avenue has an hour-long queue between the M40 and the Hangar Lane Gyratory. And then Hamhurst 
Hampstead on the A41 southbound. It's looking very slow from Two Waters Road towards the M25 junction 20 at Kings Langley. In, Old, in Aylesbury on Old Stoke Road, that's been partially blocked by an accident between Chestnut Crescent and Taylor Road. And uh, coming into High Wycombe on the A404 Marlow Hill, that's looking very busy on the cameras as well. Looking at the trains, some Thameslink and East Midlands trains in and out of St Pancras International will be suspended or cancelled this morning. That's because it's flooded at Farringdon. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Interesting update on Jonathan Vernon Smith's carpet story. I've had an interesting text from a champion of human rights. Not human rights, um, consumer rights. Oh? Yeah, this this st- this um, stuff just got nasty. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, carers employed by Bedford Borough Council are getting a pay rise after it came to light they weren't getting the living wage. The former Booper carers were taken on by the council last April but were left on the minimum wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. The mix-up came to light when the man went in to identify the body. There's still disruption on the Thames Incline into London this morning. Engineers are trying to pump 50,000 litres of water out of a tunnel near St Pancras. And security is being reviewed across Whitehall after a hoax caller claiming to be the head of the intelligence agency GCHQ was put through to the Prime Minister. Downing Street said David Cameron ended the call when it became clear it wasn't genuine. The weather will be cold and wet this morning but turning brighter this afternoon. Top temperatures around 5 degrees Celsius. That's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsenal, Aston Villa and West Ham all overcame lower league opposition as they booked their places in the last 16 of the FA Cup. Tonight, Rochdale play Stoke. The Watford manager, Slavisa Djukanovic, claims he said nothing much at half-time against Blackpool on Saturday. The Hornets trailed 2-0 to the bottom club but hit back to win 7-2. not easy score seven goals in second time and we showed different uh, faces today in the, in the game. We scored seven goals, I must be happy. In League One, the MK Dons won 2-0 against Barnsley. Meanwhile, after Saturday's one-all draw in League Two at Cheltenham, Luton manager John Steele is turning his attention back to the transfer market. We've made quite a few in- inquiries in a few different areas. Uh, we're hoping it moves on again uh, this week and we, we can provide something in-, in sort of the week leading up to next week. But... You know, obviously it relies on what happens elsewhere, so we'll, we'll wait and see. But we are actively trying to, to, to do what we think we need to do. Elsewhere, Stevenage lost 3-2 at Shrewsbury and Wickham drew one all at Mansfield. In tennis, Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open tennis for the sixth consecutive year, beating Gregor Dimitrov over four sets. He now faces local favourite Nick Kyrgios tomorrow. He's dangerous, he's uh, unpredictable. He's uh, entertaining, um, you know, and he, he's, he's a good athlete, moves well, and he's, he's explosive on the court. So he's, uh, yeah, he has a, a lot of things going for him. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 9 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. AAC Three Counties Radio. Laurel Thompson, let's invite him back. Given a fiver to a stranger on a train for being good parenting, patronising or nice. Uh, a lot of feedback on Jonathan's story, Jonathan Vernon Smith on at nine, of course, 
uh, how he had a whole house full of carpet and he put it in a trailer in the back of the car, drove it to the tip, and the fellow came out, Harpenden uh, Recycling Centre, said, well, you can't do that, you need a licence. Scott on Twitter. Everyone knows you can't take a van to the tip. Everyone. Then I've had an interesting tech. Have you got any texts there on this? Yes. Uh, Malk in Leighton Buzzard. JVS. Thought he knew everything. Ha, 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 ha. OK. Then I've got a text from Matt Allwright from the Watchdog programme, the Food Inspectors. I'm aware of his work. He did a programme on ITV for a while. That didn't work. He's a very accomplished young man. He had a go at it. He says, I'm with you, Ian. Reharpened and tip. JVS is a fly tipper waiting to happen. Yeah. And this is, the th- this is the thing. This is the line. The mistake is to think that rubbish has no cost. It has cost a plenty. Cost financially and, of course, cost to the environment. You know what JVS is, don't you? Corduroy Cowboy. Corduroy Cowboy. This is going to be great. He's going to be talking about this at 11, and I cannot wait for... Uh, Mark! Hello! Morning, Mark. What, what do you reckon about JVS trying to dip, uh, dump a, a, a truckload of rubbish at the tip? I have no view on that whatsoever. Uh, you have to. You, you you must have a view. Stop sucking up to him. Well, he's a very angry man, so I agree with him. Oh dear, <laughs> you coward! You're right, Mark. No, I'm very good, thank you. I'm just thinking the irony of a talk show host trying to deter people from speaking to each other, <laughs> strangers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is not lost on the public, I'm sure. I don't. I don't like. I don't like strangers. I don't really like my friends either. I'm a very solitary man, and I like being on my own. And conversations, I find uh, just awful. And when people want to talk to me, people want to talk to you at Tesco. No, no. How are you? Do you really want to know? Oh, do you really want to know the darkness that lurks within? Oh, the, the price of fame. Oh, it's shocking. But uh, that's not why I called. Oh, what'd you call for? And, uh, no, I called for, uh, I was in on Fridays, you know, and I just wanted to say what a wonderful experience it was. And I just wanted to encourage anyone who was thinking about doing it to Give it a go. For those who don't know, I keep... Thank you for reminding me. I keep forgetting to mention this. On Fridays between 7.30 and 8, we open the doors up and people are allowed to wander in off the street. Kelly, one of the people who wandered in off the street on Friday was this fella, Marky Mark. I was nervous as hell. Nervous as hell. But you put me at such an ease. I mean, I can't believe you don't like speaking to people because you put me and the little girl who outshone me horribly. <laughs> she, yeah, I, and I think I managed I mean, to steer you. What the was voice the, of an angel. What was the inappropriate conversation you started having in front of her that I managed to steer you away from? There was oh, about oh, tea and sandwiches. Oh, yes, yes, about my uh, inability to chat people up. Yeah, that, that was it. We, 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 yes, she yes. was good, wasn't she? She was a good... She was, Ke- Kelly, you missed it. On Friday, we had Mark turn up. Mark's the fellow that's got nine step-parents, or nine parents in total. Yeah. Uh, and we had... I forgot her name. Began Morgan. With a, Morgan. I know it began Morgan, with an M. Yeah. Uh, Morgan came in, and she did some singing, and she was Brilliant, brilliant. He was great. So the doors I mean, are open course, this Friday. Yeah, of course, ego is a little bit deflated when you don't get any calls from any of the public after you've been on live radio and no one's phoned in to, to say how you are. And in fact, when I heard, I think Catherine, oh, by the way, Catherine, I mean, I know about the other side, but Catherine really is gorgeous, isn't she? Are you oh, saying, thank she, you. Well, hang on. She really is. I mean, Mark is, Mark like, is one of our homosexual listeners. Are you saying she looks like a bloke? No. Because that's no, the second she, time she, that accusation's been levelled at her in a week. No. I can still appreciate a good-looking woman, and she's a fine-looking woman. Thank you, and, and that uh, is an objective viewpoint, because he's not trying to chat me up. Absolutely not. Right, I mean, it's like, unfortunately, me and Ian, uh, you know, we didn't probably hit every branch of the ugly tree. As we hey, no, listen, it, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this while we're doing this, Mark. You're a good-looking fella. Oh, well, that's the lighting. You're, uh, you're a good-looking fella. Kind, now there? I know you're not blonde. <laughs> I thought you'd be blonde. Now I know you're not. Oh, yeah, good-looking fella. Do you know what I really liked? Yeah, go on. The chunky cardi. Yeah, very. very. Nice. Well, Mark, listen, it was it was very kind of you to come in. I hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for thank for you. letting us know that you you're still alive. And thanks for oh, the comments and feedback. 
Thank you very much, no, and uh, if anyone who wants to do it, they should come, they give it a try. It's Thank great. you, Mark. Ta-ta, there you go, you see. Just to say, if you're looking on Twitter this morning and you see a photograph of me, it's not my best day. In real life, though, I'm not... Uh, Bad. I'm Ga- not, I don't Ga- look as much like Paul's coins. Gay men fancy you. Which I don't know if that's good for a woman or not. Uh, it's in the podcast, yes. It's, it's, in the pod- it's a weird podcast last, last week. Um, but I it's... thought it was quite good, though. Have you listened to it? Yeah. I never do. Brian's in High Wycombe, of all places. I was in. Uh, I was going to say I was in Brian last week. I don't think I was, <laughs> but I was in High Wycombe last week, Brian. Oh, uh, huh? yeah, I'm, I'm, I get down there sometimes. Um, I was ringing in to apologise to you because I rang up the other day and oh. kept you talking, didn't realise that you're not so keen on chatting. Oh, oh, blimey, no, 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 listen. Uh, when I'm doing it... OK, let's let's put the cards on the... T- no, you, I, I enjoyed talking to you. It was fun. In this context of a radio phone-in show, I can do it because it's kind of not real. There's a microphone. I can look to two of my friends over there for a little bit of comfort and hand-holding. You two guys. Oh. Um, it's just out in, in public, Brian. I kind of... I, I get all stammery and I get uncomfortable. And I, I don't know how to... I must have missed the day at school where they taught you how to do small talk. I can't do small talk. No, I do selectively. I wouldn't walk up to you in the street just because you're Ian Lee. Uh, but as the other day, my wife and I sat opposite... Two people, uh, as you know, who well, are made up, um, uh, husbands and wives have really uh-huh. done all their talking, and uh, they sat there, and uh, I broke into conversation, and we had a lot of things in common. How did you? How did you? Bro- how did you broach that conversation? What was your? What was your inline? Oh, <laughs> oh, I think it was probably a common one. Like, do you come here often? Oh, oh wow, Brian. Next you'll be asking them if they like the one show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm not quite sure, but it was. Uh, yeah, they were, it was, obviously. The worst thing, Brian, is when uh, I've, had, I've been fortunate enough in my life to travel solo on a plane sometimes. Not fly it, but as a passenger. The worst thing is when you're on a flight to America that's like six, seven, eight hours, seven, eight hours, uh, and then the person next to you wants a conversation. I don't want to talk to a stranger for eight hours. No, that's probably pushing it a bit. <laughs> it's hard work, and I kind of do the pretend to fall asleep thing. But no, Brian, listen, you're very kind, but I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you the other day. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. And I'm, you glad make... I I'm glad I didn't offend you. Not in the way. slightest. And make sure you call again, please. 08459 In this context, I can do it, because it's not real, and i got the power to, to cut people off whenever I want to. When you're done. Like that, you see. So, uh, and then I can bring them back in. Hello? And then cut them off again. But in the environment of a supermarket or a bar or a foyer of a a movie or an aeroplane, I don't like doing it. Well, I have difficulty. Here I'm in control of the situation and the scenario perfectly and I can just manipulate them as I want. When you've already said hello to them and had a little chat with them, I give them a one-liner, usually give them a little smile as I leave. What's your, one, what's your one-liner? It might be anything. I'll just do a joke anyway. And uh, uh, I'll say something hilarious. Uh, it comes easy to me. I don't make it, I make it up on the spot. It's like I'm a, an artiste. Well, anyway. Can you cut her off yet? And then you uh, see them again. Yeah. Have we got to talk again? Yeah. It's just hi. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we've already done this. Foreigners. I don't I like, like them. I don't like foreigners. Oh, I like them. I don't like foreigners... When I'm a foreigner, mm-hmm. and I'm in a foreign queue, 
and then foreigners from other countries that are, so they're also foreigners, not just to me but to the queue. They start talking Americans, Canadians, uh, and uh, Indians and uh, Germans and Russians. They will not stop. I remember queuing outside that um, art place in France. And the just, Louvre? Well, uh, no, I was fine, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Retrospectively, I didn't need a wee, so I, I, I was okay, but thanks for asking. No, the glass one. Yeah. No, not the Louvre. It is. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. No, I was fine, thanks. No, it wasn't the Louvre. It was the glass one. No. Oh, I know, Pompidou. <laughs> Thank you, Pompidou. No, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> No, that wasn't me. That was the kids. <laughs> I wouldn't call it the glass one. I'd say it was the pipey one. It's made of glass, it's mate. It's got a lot of pipes. Yep, it's made of glass, yeah, mate. It's got the pipes. Yeah, yeah, it's got big windows. Hmm? Anyway, people, foreigners, talking to me all the blooming time. Oh, go away. In the end, I ran off with the kids to a circus. I what did I like... Pompidou. When I, to, the boys. when I used to live abroad. They do Pompidou a lot at the moment, actually. <laughs> oh, really stinky ones. When I used to live abroad, what I used to like is when someone would get on and they'd be speaking English thinking that no one else in the train understood it and I'd be listening. Uh, great story, listening. mate. Great story. Thanks for that. <laughs> After the uh, success of Louvre and Pompidou, you've really brought the show crashing down. And that's... Uh, Can I put straight through? Yeah, put them straight through, Kels. Stay on the line, caller. You've ever Guggenheimed? <laughs> Yeah, but my mum's listening, so don't. Andy's in Luton. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. P- Pompidou? How are you? <laughs> Louvre? <laughs> no. Thank you. What have you got for us, Andy? I think that conversation should be being held between people a bit more. <laughs> Everybody's so, so, so dull and boring now. Everyone's on their phone or reading their computer. And no one's ringing their computers? Now. How do you ring yeah. ring your computer? No, no, looking in their computers. You said ringing. No, I didn't. He said reading. He didn't. You need to listen reading. more. But this reading. is the thing, because Andy sounds like, you know, can I be honest, Andy? Yeah. You sound like a dull bloke. I would hate <laughs> to I would hate to be stuck out next to you on an aeroplane. Well, you should get out a bit more and stop talking to people. You might have found out a few things about people. I know everything I need to know about people. I think that's the trouble with this world. People don't talk to each other enough. That's why we've got all the problems in the world. Are you, are you saying that, like, you know, that all the terrorism, all ISIL, Paris, yeah. none of that would have happened if we just spoke more? That's if we had right, conversations yeah. in the, in, while we were queuing for our fish and chips? Yeah, more talking should to we, each other. Should we try it out? Well, go on, Andy, start a spontaneous conversation with me. All right. All right. Who do? Which football team do you support? Oh, I don't like football, mate. Right. What do you like then? What? What sort of things do you do? What sort of things do you like? I'm, I'm just, I'm just queuing up to to get in in the Louvre, mate. <laughs> Andy. Yeah. Do you like the one show? I do actually. Yes. <laughs> if anyone wants to start a spontaneous conversation, if I, I tell you what, Andy, can you say? I like could, Alex Jones on my side. Yeah, okay. Oh, Andy, are you free for the next few minutes? 
Yes. Right, stay on the... Call him back, because I want... If you want to have a conversation with Andy, 08459 455555. He's got some great moves. W- what football team do you like? I don't like it. What do you like, then? That's a, that is a good opening gambit. If you want to have a conversation with Andy, 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still very long delays on the M40 in both directions. Northbound, there are queues from Junction 2 for Beaconsfield towards Junction 4 for High Wycombe and towards London, there are queues from Junction 6 for Watlington to Junction 3 for High Wycombe East. In Stoke and Church on the A40, as a result, it's very slow on Butterfly Road between Kingston Hill and Marlow Road with people trying to avoid those problems on the M40. Looking elsewhere at the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 15 for the M4. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very slow between Junction nine for Letchworth and seven for Stevenage and in Stevenage on Broadhall Way that's looking very busy in both directions around Gunnelswood Road between the football ground and the A1M on the trains some Thames Link and East Midlands trains in and out of St Pancras International will be suspended or cancelled this morning because it's flooded at Farringdon and National Rail say that their real-time information isn't working uh, so apps and train departure boards won't be working as usual Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha if you want to chat with Andy, 08459 455555. Teach me how to do small talk, please. 846, it's Monday, the 26th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The GMB union says carers employed by Bedford Borough Council should get their pay back dated because they weren't being paid the living wage. A hospital in Hertfordshire has apologised to a man who was wrongly told his father had died. And a flooded tunnel in London is still causing train delays on the Thameslink line this morning. Coming up, people talk to Andy in Luton. It's an exclusive. But before that... Here's Kate with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We're already starting to see a bit of brightness in the sky. Our cold front, which brought the rain earlier on this morning, has drifted south and eastward. So we should get some bright sunny spells, really, from now onwards. One or two spots of rain still possible, however. I'm just looking at the satellite picture. But the temperature is gradually going to drop off. The maximum today is probably around 10 Celsius, but it's actually going to feel chillier as we head through the afternoon as this cold front has introduced some colder air. Now, overnight, there's less cloud than last night, so that's going to allow the temperature to drop that little bit further. Slight frost tomorrow morning, minimum down to one celsius a bright sunny start for tomorrow morning but gradually we will see the cloud increasing particularly through tomorrow afternoon maximum temperature just nine celsius and that's your forecast Every weekday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Local opinions. We think it's absolutely shocking that this young man should continue to have to be punished. He hasn't even shown any remorse or said sorry. Well, firstly, I have to disagree. The JVS Show. Well, but we're not living in very optimistic times. But it does seem very clear, doesn't it? They're human beings. Some are good people, some are bad. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, Andy. Andy, are you there? Oh, hang on, where are you? Yeah. Right, Andy, so oh, you're, yeah. you're going to teach us how to do small talk. I've got a caller on line two. I'm not going to tell you anything about him. You're queuing right. up outside Le Louvre in Paris. Have a chat to him. OK. Hello. Hello there. Hey, What's your name? Hey, I'm Andy. What's your name? My name's John. OK, John. Right, John, what did you do over the weekend? Uh, very little, to be honest with you, this weekend. Right, what do you like doing, then? 
um, dog walking, tinkering with cars. Yeah. So you didn't go out at all over the weekend? I uh, went to uh, Stevie's, done a bit of shopping and tinkered with a couple of cars with my 12 year old. Right, okay. So you didn't go to the cinema or anything like that or to football or anything like that? No, nah, not on my meagre wage. No. What about music? What music do you like? Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley, yeah, not bad, yeah. Anything more modern? Uh, no, I'm really a 60s, 70s sort of Elvis man, really. Yeah, I like 60s and 70s as well. Bit um, of rock and roll. Yeah. How, how many children have you got? Three. And what ages? Uh, 29, 22 and 12. Right, I've got two boys, 29 and 27. Right. Both are living away at the moment. One's in Germany and one's in China. I mean, that's spread about. Yeah, no. What about yours? Are they still local or further away? Uh, the, the girl, 29, she lives with her partner in Hartford, and uh, the two boys, uh, 22 and 12, are still at home. Right, okay. And uh, what, what what do you do? What's your job? I'm a lorry driver. Right. I'm retired now. Oh. Right, I'm going to you... stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. John, excellent there work. Are. Stay there. Andy, that, that was, yeah. how did you feel that went, Andy? Very well. Okay, now if we were doing, if we were at um, a workshop... <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. Hello. Cough that one sorry up. About that. That's sorry all right, John. That, you, you cough that one up. They're better out than in. Um, Andy, tell us what you've learnt about John in the last three minutes. Right, he's married with three children. He's a lorry driver. He um, he's not got a lot of interest, but he likes dog walking and he likes doing a bit of shopping and working on his car. Um, and uh, he, he's, 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 he, you know, that's the sort of thing I've learnt about him. So I've learnt quite okay. a lot, really. Okay. And what use is that knowledge? It's just, it's just nice chat, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, why shouldn't people talk to each other? Let me, John, did you think it was nice, chat? To be fair, um, because it's like Andy trying to make small talk, I was just not not being um, obstructive, but just answering his questions. And if I was in a queue, yeah, uh, and the gentleman spoke to me, um, then you obviously I would be reciprocating. Right, OK. Because, Kelly, you picked up that this is, like, psychological... We've had uh, existential angst, and now we're having the psychology of communication. <laughs> Kelly, you picked up that he wasn't reciprocating. Yeah. Like that. Like she this. picked up on that, John. Do you know what it sounded like? Go on. A really awkward conversation at a bar where Andy's trying. He's really trying. <laughs> but John's really not having it. He wants him to move along. But in, real, in real life, I would I'd reciprocate. Um, I would ask questions. Yeah. Um, to, to make the conversation... You were, play, you were playing lively. a bit of a role. You were playing a bit of a role. It's quite hard to get. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, is like this morning, I was just answering the question I know. Yeah. just to see how his small talk would go. OK, yeah. listen, uh, Andy, listen, it's a good lesson. Yeah. And uh, do you know what? Today I'm going to try and speak to someone I've never met before. Yeah, OK. And if I get beaten up, I'll, I'll send you the pictures <laughs> of my bloodied nose. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Here's a tip. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't ask someone you've never met before how many kids they've got. No, that's a bit weird. What do you reckon, Just? Why is that weird? Interesting vibe. Yeah, why is that weird? Well, it's just a bit of a weird opener. What if they've um, their kids? Exactly. They couldn't have kids, or their kids exactly. are. Uh... Well, it wouldn't be the first thing you say. You'd be like, oh, "Are you right, mate? Um, What's your name? How many, how many kids, kids you got?" 
you that would be part of the conversation you have. Okay, that was awkward, wasn't it, Just? Very, very awkward. But uh, Andy, that's what you're you still do there. Best. Andy, yeah. You, oh, what are you still there for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> try it. All right, listen. Try it on Justin because John was giving you a rough ride there. Try it with no. Justin. Come on, let's have oh, it. Come on. Oh no, well Justin, I know because I've met him outside the paper shop one morning. And he's a Luton supporter, so we've got quite a bit in common. Exactly. Okay, Justin. Yeah, and absolutely we know quite true. We a lot about football, don't we? When, when, when um, Ian was on about Sam Allardyce not knowing about the bogey team, mm. we, we were on talking about that as well. Yeah. We? Well, well, what, so, what do you, know. you what do you think about men who don't like football? Um, no, they're all right. I Come just, on, be honest. Know. Come on, be honest. No, no, no it's okay. Come I on, mean, say it the way it is. Got, no, everybody's got their likes and dislikes, mm. and that that's that's part of life. So I don't think any less of anybody who doesn't. Andy's like a, Andy's a little bit of a philosopher. He is. <laughs> he's, he's right. Everyone's got their likes and dislikes. See, I was testing him there, yeah. and he passed that test Andy, very successfully. You can put the phone down now, mate. <laughs> okay. Ta-ta. Thank you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And he's gone. Justin. Yes. Missed you this morning, mate. We'll, we'll go, tomorrow too. I'm going to make you work more because I want to hear more of you on the show now. Um, I won't be here tomorrow, boss. Sorry, where are you going? You know why? Hey, you taking yeah, it to the beach? I'm taking it to the beach. Hey! Come on. I haven't got the jingle, otherwise I'd play it for you. Uh, I think it's saved as beach jingle. Oh, hang on a minute. I don't know how to do that. I mean, it's like we're going to the computer system, doesn't it? It's all there, ready to go. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Because I've, I've got, you've got two hotkeys on my computer. See, I'm working it? you out straight away right now. Sorry. Um, it says to me that uh, you can't use the what? computers in the studio. What are you talking Just about? based on this conversation. What was you mean? This, this is what I'm learning from you right now. What's it called? Beach jingle. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Kelly has nerd this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Catherine said, wait, Catherine? Well, last time we played this, it made my uh, blood run cold for a moment. Yeah, it's a in little a producerly bit... producerly fashion. It's a little bit near the knuckle, mate. Yeah, it is, but then again, that's what we do. I can't find it. Beach Jingle J-Dog? Yeah. That's the one. Got it, mate. Right, go on, play it once. I've tried what to hide it, it I've tried to bury it. Oh, dear. It's for our new feature. We're going to find Carl Malcolm. Yeah. And Justin is taking it to the beach. <laughs> the beach, everyone. No, yes. uh, where is it? All right, I've got it. Hang on a second, hang on a second. Oh, blimey. What's going on with this? Just drag it, man. I'm dragging it, mate. I've just got two J-Dog boxes. <laughs> Taking it to the... Bitch. ...with J-Dog. See my problem? No, beach. Beach. He Maybe. clearly says beach. Clearly. Yeah, he clearly says beach. Yeah, Catherine clearly. actually biting her nails. <laughs> Justin, so you're taking it to the beach tomorrow. Yeah, it could be a different feature, though. Yeah, no, no. instead. What have you got for us today? I can't even remember what we asked you to do. Um, Anti Will Thompson. Ah, um, you didn't talk about yeah. that. Um, I heard you talk about this uh, new book at 10 to 8 this morning, yep. and you were saying you wanted calls from people about AWT, uh, police caution, two years ago now. We need him back on our TV screens, don't we? Mm -hmm. He did something wrong, okay, but everyone deserves a second. Totally. He, he stole something worth £70 yep. from Tesco, which is naughty and is not, is not great, but he, he did it because he had psychological issues. Mm -hmm. People have done far, far worse and made comebacks. Exactly. So I, I'm saying we need this man back on our TV screens. I've taken this one to the streets asking people, would you like to see him return? Does he deserve a second chance? Here's what people had to say. Everyone deserves a second chance, but the money he had, he shouldn't be nicking, should he? Yes. Everyone deserves a second chance. But yeah, why not? So he's a second chance. He stole from Tesco's, though. Yeah, but he's... Other people do as well, don't they? Just give him a chance, isn't it? What's your favourite dish? Fish and chips. 
<laughs> on a Friday? <laughs> oh, yes. It's a filthy <laughs> laugh you got there, Geezer. <laughs> That's what everyone says. <laughs> Sir, if Ian Lee was to throw an AWT party, would you go? Yeah. Yeah. What right. would you bring to the party, food-wise? Food-wise? Um, sandwich. A sandwich? Yeah. What sort of sandwich? Tuna sandwich. Well, I don't think AWT would be happy with that. I think he might uh, refuse the chance to go. Thanks for your time, sir. Yeah, yeah, we're going. Yeah. No comment. Anthony Wall Thompson, though. I honestly... He's got a beard just like you. I suppose so. Everybody deserves uh, a second chance, don't they? Were you a big fan? Not a fan, no. No? I don't do fandom particularly. Come on, sir, what do you think? Anthony Wall Thompson, does he deserve a second chance? Should he be back on our TV screens? No, he shouldn't deserve a second chance. He's committed a crime. He's Come a, he's... on. No, no. People have done far worse, haven't they? We're welcome the back with open arms. I haven't. And if I did it, nobody give me a second chance, so why give him one? <laughs> Who would bring a tuna sandwich to a party? Him. <laughs> a chef's party, here, bring a tuna sandwich. A tuna sandwich, that's outrageous. <laughs> I know, it's shocking. Um, can I just say as well this morning, I've been down to Luton train station, still major disruption there on the Thameslink line going into London. Uh, if you look at the big TV screens, a lot of them are delayed or cancelled. Please, please, if you're travelling into London today, check before you travel because uh, your train could be delayed or even worse, cancelled. Wow, dramatic. Mm. How long are you uh, taking it to the beach for? Well, as, as long as we well, as long as it takes really to find uh, Carl Malcolm of Hey Fatty Boom Boom Fame. Yeah. Um, I'm going out there with a mission, and uh, we're looking for him. Okay. What, what I actually meant was how long are you on holiday for? Well, a couple of weeks probably. Do you mean a pro- pro- are you as, oh, well, as, as long as it takes to find him? Okay, Justin. Speak to you later. Take care, boss. Ta-ra. We're tracking down this fella, Carl Malcolm. Justin is actually going to take it to the beach. Hey, fatty boom boom. I calm down, etc., etc., etc. Do you want a text about um, talking? I would love a text about talking, yes. Ian, I'm like you, says Monty of Bedford. Good morning, Monty. I hate small talk. Oh, yeah. However, on a plane to South Africa a few years ago, an older chap who sat next to me started a conversation with oh, me. Yeah. He ended up buying the whiskey for eight hours. Oh, for- you sat next to an old, boring drunk. I forgot all about it, and then I got a postcard a few weeks later from him and his wife. I still don't remember giving him my address. Hey, you see? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still long delays on the M40 into London from Junction 6 for Watlington towards Junction 3 for High Wycombe East. And having a look at these speed sensors, it's still looking very slow on the A40 Western Avenue into London from the M40 at Dem, uh, Denham uh, to the Denham Round to the Denham Roundabout over the Green for You're right, mate. It's all looking very right, busy. Just checking where it's busy. Okay. The A1M okay. northbound, that's looking very slow on speed sensors at Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. And in Stevenage, Hitchin Road, it's very slow as well around Corey Mills Lane. In Helmer Hempstead on the A41 southbound, it's very slow from the Two Waters Road towards the M25, Junction 20 at Kings Langley. And as Justin said, there's some very bad problems on the trains because of flooding. So Thameslink and East Midlands trains in and out of St Pancras International are suspended or cancelled. The 919 from Luton and the 924 from Bedford have been cancelled. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. I forgot to ask, how was Radio 2 the other day? Oh, well, I got to speak to some lovely people on the phone. It was lovely. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, Sammy. JVS is up next. We're back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, bye. 
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in... Do you think we should do everything possible to get Lindsay Sandiford 